Yo, this is Sam Sports Podcast. It is Tuesday, December 6th, 2016. You know what's going on. Me and Shaka are back. It's time to break down week 13. Shaka, you ready to do this thing? I am indeed. Let's do it, buddy. Dude, you know where we got to start off. Monday Night Football. I do. You know exactly where we're starting. Jets, Colts, blowout. Game was over at halftime. Where do you want to start? Do, do, should we well, just talk about the quarterbacks? Game was over in the first quarter. Yes. Number one. Yes. Number two, I don't know how this may be Monday Night Football slate. Yeah, I, I'm I'm a little curious myself. Um, I don't know if they expected both teams to be better, or I, I guess that's one for, you know, the NFL executives to answer. Um, number three, I, I think I've reached this phase where I've kind of accepted that the, this team pretty much from the bottom up needs to be kind of rebuilt yeah. everything everything that's bad everything that's wrong across the table it's it's bleak it was, anything you can think of that's bad is bad for the Jets it was really bad it was it was very very bad every from top to but you said it top to bottom there were terrible penalties blown coverages bad mistakes I mean it was they didn't even they didn't even go out there and, and do a good job they did everything no, that they, they could have done wrong they looked like they'd given up uh for lack of better words, and I, I don't even have any really silver linings to kind of take out of this. Uh, even Bryce Petty, he, he doesn't look terrible, but he just looks unpolished. He's not ready. He's not ready for a starting job yet. No, no. And it's not a knock on him. I, I, the throws, I mean, it's just a lot of overthrown passes. Mm-hmm. It, you know, the accuracy is definitely an issue, but I think... It's, it's something that probably can be addressed in time with actual experience and more preparation. Mm-hmm. But right now, it's, it's too hard to say if he's legitimately the quarterback of the future. I haven't heard, though, um, officially, and I'm hoping this is finally, he will be the quarterback for the rest of the season. Yeah, so, I, I heard that as well. They did come out and say, listen, this is we're doing this. So it's it, it remains to be seen just um, evaluation-wise what's, actually, you know, salvageable from the quarterback situation. Let's right now let's face it. It's about as grim as it can be. Yeah, it's it um, was it was downright just atrocious. I mean I kind of feel glad that they're at least committing to the fact that they want to see Bryce Petty and see what's going on, but this is just right. it's it's inexcusable. I mean they were and, they were picked apart by a Colts team and this listen, the Colts are not the Colts are not good by any stretch of the imagination, but they had but their way with them. Point. They're not a 40-point blowout kind of team. Yo, and let's yeah. also be clear here. They, they fumbled a, a, a ball into the end zone and had a touchback. There would have been another. They could have been close to 50 points. Yeah, it's it, just mind-boggling. Uh, like you said, the game was over by halftime. And just, it, it, it was effortless. Effortless uh, by the Colts' offense. Just, it made, made no sense whatsoever. And Darrell Revis. Absolutely roasted yet again yeah. by uh, T.Y. Hilton. I mean, absolutely roasted. Really looked bad. It, it was everything looked bad here. It was funny because um, I listened to an interview with um, there's this Jets beat writer called Manish Mehta. Okay, he's pretty well known around. He's been covering the Jets for almost a decade now. Okay, so um, recently in an article, he basically called um, Darrell Revis out. He called him a task, saying that. The reason he's been getting burned is not so much an issue of age, which, you know, he's claimed he's he's too old. He's right. 31. Right. As far as I recall, he's 31, which is 
I mean, you know, it started supposed to be the decline age for most NFL players, but not as rapid as this. Um, supposedly, Meta claims that he has, you know, um, sources who are close to the Jets and Revis specifically that basically say that uh, Revis just did not put in the kind of preparation that he usually does every year. And he's really lax on that, um, you know, on, on game time prep and practice and, you know, conditioning. He's not at all up to snuff with what, you know, you expect a cornerback uh, who's making, you know, $39, $38 million guaranteed is supposed to get. They're saying he pulled so, a little bit of a James Harden, like straight up came in just out of shape and was not ready? Yeah, pretty much gave up. Um, and they're saying, you know, pretty much you're seeing the results of that on the field where it's not just, you know, coverage assignments. He just is not able to keep up with anyone. All You know, he's getting burned on deep plays, he's getting burned on, you know, short routes, out routes, anything you can think of, he's just a step too slow. Huh. And it's something they said he could have been able to, you know, he would look better on tape if he'd actually been, you know, doing his conditioning. Wow. In the off season. That's pretty, so, that's a pretty big indictment. Um, you know, I would say $38 million would make anybody lazy, personally. <laughs> but, you know, if you want to kind of keep your reputation intact, you should probably work harder. Uh, obviously, out of, uh, you know, Revis's camp, they're calling BS on report and you know calling for kind of a blacklist but this guy Manish um, is he's pretty well respected and as far as you know covering the Jets he's you know he's a diehard he loves the Jets so yeah. it's not a it's not a it's not a you know it's not a smear uh, piece it's legitimately kind of taking him to task and I think there's a genuine anger on his part just in terms of like feels kind of like this guy holds the Jets out of this money like you know he felt he'd earned this money you know and just more of it was kind of a strategic. When he left the Jets, he went and took the money from Tampa Bay, and then he went to New England. And took the, the money, money from New England, and now it's sort of like he's just going around getting his paydays off of his name. Exactly. And this is the first time where his name, his his name can't can't be, his ego is making checks, his body can't cash. Exactly, and he admits, you know, this guy's a he's a good businessman. He's got a good management team around him. They know what they're doing, and they've gotten him the. I think they saw 125 million now. In total money, Jesus! I did not know it was that kind of party. One hundred twenty-five million, and he pointed out he's like you know when Revis said uh, when press conference when he came back to the Jets with the big money he's like I'm finally home, and he pointed out he's like well Revis is from Pennsylvania, so I don't know how he's calling New York home. But you know, Sam, I think the funniest thing apart about this entire situation is um, Darrell Revis. Uh, you know, when he signed his new deal with the Jets, said that he was coming home. And it, it it's funny because he's actually from Pittsburgh, not from New York. And um, another thing is that most of the front office uh, coaches that were here during his first time with the Jets are no longer here. So yeah. he's basically coming back to a new team um, in its entirety. So there's nothing really coming home to he's coming home to the money if anything yeah i think you nailed so, it man uh, he's a savvy businessman that's the truth he's a good businessman um and you know it just kind of everything that is, can implode is imploding you know all the newspapers in new york city right now are basically fireballs which i you know i took a degree i feel for todd Bowles. It's yeah. probably one of those situations where it's a guy who's a great defensive coordinator who's not quite a great head coach. He's, yeah. He's definitely lost the team, and I, I feel for him, but he's just not hes not a head coach. I mean, I, I want to give him the benefit of the doubt because they had such a great year last year. I just, 
Like, I don't know if firing Todd Bowles is the answer, but I agree that he has completely lost the team at this point. There's nothing you can do to really recover at this point. And you were talking about this. You know, Woody Johnson is a win-now guy, and he's got a lot of pieces on this team which are win-now pieces. Matt Forte, Brandon Marshall. I mean, these are guys who are supposed to be competing for a championship. And And, you got to blow this team up, man. I, that's my fear is that Woody Johnson is going to go out and he's going to pick up some marquee name quarterback, uh, Tony Romo or Colin Kaepernick, someone yeah. who's kind of the odd man out in their team, mm-hmm. and bring them in here and it's going to look good on paper and they're going to go out and they're going to be yet again another fucking disaster. Yeah. Obviously, it's a by, it's a foregone conclusion that Woody Johnson is also part of the problem. Mm-hmm. He's not he's not a great owner and he's he's too um, he's too involved in the actual selection process. Dude, you know, uh, sometimes yeah. these owners got to step back. But then again, I mean, Robert, Jerry Jones Robert doesn't Travis step back, and that that Cowboys team yeah. is ready to win. It took a while. I mean, granted, it took a while for that Cowboys team to kind of um, develop into what it is now. And also, I mean, you got to bear in mind, there's, there's, I don't want to call it luck, but it's just the, the luck of the draw that Dak Prescott can just flourish in his rookie season. Yeah. You know, alongside Ezekiel Elliott. So yeah. there's... There's, there's always a, a little bit of a, a luck involved in terms of any, you know, quarterback chemistry with the team. And right now, Ryan Fitzpatrick does not have the chemistry. No. Bryce Petty does not have the chemistry. Christian no. Hackenberg hasn't even been considered. No. So it must be bad this right is, now. This is, uh, it's it's just tough. I was hoping more for the Jets. Listen, I thought they were a pretty darn good team last year, but... I mean, the wheels came off the wagon so fast. It, I just came, yeah, so early. I was really well, expecting more, and I, it's just it's disappointing. It's really disappointing. I, I I kind of feel particularly bad for certain you know players on that team who are a little up in age. Matt Forte, mm-hmm. um, you know, you got your wide receivers who also you know Eric Decker. Granted, he's still a bit young. He's gonna have to recover from a come back to a team you know that's kind of a mess right now. Brandon Marshall. Also not getting any younger. He's playing fantastic for his age. And, you know, I know. He, came in, he came back from the offseason 20 pounds lighter. You know, changed his entire diet. Super healthy, super ready to go. And now he's Something on a 3-9 team. Yeah. And, you know, not and, getting... And I don't think it's so. fully his fault. No. No. So, um, it's, do, it's bad. Do we need to move on just for the sake of moving on? Please, the mercy killing. Uh, speaking of mercy killings, the Eagles and the Bengals. So my Eagles, in my opinion, this game was the first time they looked how they should have looked all season. Everything else we saw was a deception. This is really what the Eagles were. <laughs> this Beng- Okay, because this Bengals team, which is not that good, picked them apart. I mean, really did whatever the hell they wanted to do with the Eagles. They were getting third down conversions. I mean, even with all the mistakes that the Bengals made, it didn't matter. I mean, they really yeah. just pushed around the Eagles. Um, Eagles can't really move the ball. I don't fully think that's Carson Wentz's fault, but I got to concede, Carson Wentz gets trigger happy. He throws some really questionable interceptions. Sometimes he'll let the ball sail. Sometimes he'll overthrow it. Uh, and then you combine that with... The poor receiving core, you combine that with their lack of a running game, and you combine it with injuries on the offensive line, and you've got a 5-7 and seven football team, which is what they are right now. Um, yeah, the, I mean, not to defend Carson Wentz on this one, but you got to bear in mind, the guy threw it 60 times in this game. Yeah, he did. 
60, I'm, 60 times and, and get three picks. It's, it's going to happen. There was no run game to help him. There's no run game to help him. Yeah, I mean, that's really... When you look at the things they were doing so well in the beginning of the season, and now, you know, granted they were playing some really dodgy opponents, but they ran the ball well. Carson Wentz was much more accurate with his passing, and, you know, they were giving him opportunities. And instead, you know, now... The offensive line is injured. You know, Lane Johnson gets the suspension. Vitae is hurt. Like, there's a lot of injuries on the offensive line. And now all of the chemistry and the cohesion that I think you need for a rookie quarterback to excel is just not there. And he's not Aaron Rodgers. He can't just kind of put everything on his shoulders right now. And you're seeing that. And then the defense, which I think was really one of the marquees of the team, they've come apart too. Uh, Not the front seven. The front seven still looks dangerous, but... Leotis McKelvin, man, it's time to it's time to hang up the cleats. Too many blown plays. Their secondary has got too many openings. I mean, they they made it look easy for the Bengals on Sunday, and I mean that's that's the long and the short of this Eagles team. They just they're in a rebuilding year, and I think the beginning of the season was a little deceptive. I think you're right, uh, especially about the secondary. Uh, Brandon LaFell, who uh, yeah, the that, that Brandon LaFell looked there. like Randy Moss. That that says it all. <laughs> He looked like a star out there. And there were a couple times he was wide open, uh, especially in those third down situations where it just, yeah, basically blown coverages that really, really hurt the Eagles. And they were fighting to kind of, uh, you know, get back into the game. And they got a couple big turnover, you know, they got some fumble recoveries. But then, you know, they would give the Bengals opportunities to, to make these big conversions, and it was just, it would knock the wind out of their sails. Yeah. And, you know, uh, as much as I say the front seven's decent, the front seven hasn't been able to contain the run. Like, they were able to really stop the run earlier in the season, like that game against the Steelers when the Eagles really slowed them down. But, yeah. I mean, the Bengals, they were doing whatever they wanted. Whatever they I wanted. I give them credit. They did a good job on Jeremy Hill, who I'm also kind of knocked as not being a fantastic north-to-south runner. He, uh, he had 23 carries and he had 31 yards or 33 yards. Dude. So they, they did as, as much as they could, but that, at that point, you know, when the team's up, you, you're expecting run to just run the clock out. I'm starting to suspect that it's not it's not their defense. I think Jeremy Hill's a little – I don't think he's as good as advertised. No. In the red zone, he'll, he's, look, he's guaranteed to give you a yard or two, which is what makes him still um, viable in the red zone. But after that, for your every down feature back, this is why we saw so much of Giovanni Bernard. Yeah. Get that change of pace, the guy who had a great cut, you know, could bounce it to the outside. <sighs> They're missing him right now. And again, I will say the Bengals did all of this with a bunch of no-name guys. There was no A.J. Green. There was, you know, there was no Giovanni Bernard. And they really did whatever the hell they wanted to do. This game was 29 nothing going into the, I think, the third yeah. quarter. Tyler Eifert had two catches. Yeah, and I believe one of them was a beautiful touchdown catch where he was yeah, wide it was. open. It was. Yeah, and the rest of the Eagles scoring was all garbage minutes. It wasn't worth watching. Um, Sounds like you're done, buddy. I'm done. I'm done. I'm actually. I'm. I'm now that now that we're like this late into the season, I'm starting to sit here and look at these games. There's not much to say because I feel like I feel like now we know what we're dealing with. Yeah, clear, it's clear cut at this point. You know, Who's it's contenders and yeah. Who are the contenders? Who are the not? Some of these games, you know, and I think next. And actually, uh, I got to mention to you next week. I think we might need to change the schedule. I got a holiday party on Tuesday, so we might have to record Ooh. on Wednesday. Um, that sounds okay. But uh, we'll talk about that after we record. But um, uh, we might trim some of the games here because some of these games are – I don't even know if it's worth discussing anymore. Fantasy football I, season's about to end. There might not be any more fantasy ramifications either. 
I think, yeah, I think, again, it goes to, you know, you know what teams are, you know what players you need to absolutely run the table. So if you're in the playoffs, you know, congratulations, you, you did it. You did what you needed to. You might need to make a couple changes here and there, a couple pieces. but Yeah, but for the most out. part, you want to dance you're with out. the girl that brought you. Yeah, exactly. You want to run that squad that brought you all the way to, you know, to the, to the promised land. You said it, man. Um, here, let's jump to the next game. Giants-Steelers. This was a good game. Um, yeah. Th- this was a good game. However, even though the Gi- and I've been saying this, the Giants are eight and three. I can't fucking believe that. And this game proved it. <laughs> this game proved it because the Giants did not look like they were competing on the same level as the Steelers. What's crazy to me is that this is the same Steeler team that laid an egg against the Eagles in Week Three. But now, I mean, the Steelers are getting hot when they need to be because they look like a playoff-ready team, and the Giants didn't look – they did not look ready to play. And what are your thoughts on that game? Well, this is the one game I was talking to you about where, look, all of last week uh, we were hearing about, you know, the Steelers were going to unleash – the quote-unquote unleash Ladarius Green. Oh, my God, they the unleashed him. And it was just, okay, okay, I, I don't, I'm pretty sure this is just a distraction, and oh, my goodness, he, he spanked them. There were a couple times he was wide open, and I was I could not understand how the Giants' defense, which has been pretty good this year, yeah, would let these opportunities just pop up. I mean, I think there were two Keaton and Antonio Brown was one thing. Yeah. And for the record, uh, I'm going to go ahead and point out that Janoris Jenkins got absolutely manhandled. Oh my God! By Antonio yeah. Brown and a couple um, plays out there, which is big, especially because Janoris Jenkins. You know, fashioned himself as a shutdown corner. Yeah, he had a pretty solid. And career, and, and they spent and good money on Janoris Jenkins they this offseason. Great money on him. And you know, this is the same guy who not long. I think it was last week when they played the Browns or the week before was trash talking Terrell Pryor Senior, calling him a garbage wide receiver mm-hmm. after he'd put up you know seven catches for 140 something yards on him. Oh yeah. So yeah, so he's been burned twice in two weeks now, and uh, Antonio Brown. It, it just looked it was a clinic. A catch clinic out there on um, on the Giants secondary. Yeah, I mean the Steelers and adding Ladarius Green adds such an element to this passing game now. Now that they have, I mean I can't even believe I'm saying this because I was already so displeased with the fact that they signed him to the money they signed him to, and he wasn't healthy. Like that's not like Pittsburgh. Pittsburgh's usually better yeah. at evaluating talent before they give them money. Um, but I got to give him credit because now that he's healthy and now that he's playing. I mean, there is, he is a, he is truly like Heath Miller minus seven years, you know, like he's, he's young, he can move up, he's big, he's kind of got like this, I mean, he was doing the same thing in San Diego behind Antonio Gates, only now he's the man, and it it, it was crazy because I really, uh, I, I picked him up on the off chance, I, I, and I stashed him, but I really wasn't expecting, you know, I started Cameron Ray this week, Mm -hmm. just really not expecting this, uh, this outbreak, but at the same time, you can never rule out Ben Roethlisberger. He can make anybody into a big-time wide receiver. You can rattle off the names of guys who played in Pittsburgh who, you know, got deals from other places because they played with Ben Roethlisberger. Mike Wallace. So, uh, Mike Wallace, the biggest one. Um, God, he got, uh, yeah, it's just, it's crazy. Um, Emmanuel Sanders. Emmanuel Sanders. Out there making up big money in Denver. Mm-hmm. Um, it's, it's crazy how many guys have come through here. But uh, you got to look in fantasy. Well, Darius Green is still out there. 
and you got a so so tight end. I almost said Dennis Pitta, but Dennis Pitta had an awesome. Dude, week. Dennis Pitta, the one, the I've, after weeks and weeks, I finally took him out of all my I'm lineups, waiting. and he finally shows up. But yeah, the, I mean, this guy, the Larry's Green's legit. So, um, you know, if you've got a, a Fedorovich, who we were still waiting to to blow up out there, or uh, Austin Hooper. Probably go ahead and look into picking up a Ladarius Green instead. All right, two questions for you. One, well, really, one question: Are the Giants and the Steelers are these teams making the playoffs? Man, um, it's that's a damn good question, and I honestly, I'm gonna have to look at the schedule here as we say this because I, I, I think the Giants again. You gotta look at Eli Manning, who could, any given week can look like a pro bowler and another week it's like this guy is the I mean he he threw his his Mr. Hyde two interception game it was one of those he did not and these interceptions were bad just oh they were bad what the hell were you thinking passes out there and really I I don't know if it's the I I I don't know if he gets the yips the, the best thing I can have is that he gets the yips and all of a sudden he just sales these passes, you know, uh, out there. It really, I think Eli needs um, playoff situations. Playoff situations, he plays like a beast. But during the regular season, he's so inconsistent. And it all just depends on, I don't know, what he had for breakfast that morning. <laughs> the term is pretty much what you're going to get on the field out there. It, it's mind-boggling. I don't think any, anyone's really figured out what it is on any given weekend. It just makes him play like shit. Here, New York Giants, they've got uh, Dallas Cowboys, Detroit Lions, Philadelphia Eagles, Washington Redskins. That's an, that's a rough Final Four to contend with, you know, to finish out the season because any of those teams can give the Giants trouble, if not outright beat them. So uh, that's rough for the Giants. Who are we looking at for the Steelers? Okay, Steelers are – let me go there. Okay, Steelers have Wait, yeah. uh, Buffalo Bills, Bills, Cincinnati Bengals, uh, Baltimore Ravens, Cleveland Browns. Which is a much more manageable schedule. Yeah, um, Buffalo can give you trouble. The Bengals can give you trouble. But I, I, well, everyone I look at in this roster, I'm basically saying the Steelers should be. Yeah. I mean, and right, right I, now, my opinion is I don't think the Giants are going to make it, but I do think... I think the Steelers could steal that division from the from the Ravens. I completely agree. I, I see them potentially running the table just to kind of wrap this thing up. I mean, it's and you nailed it, man. It's Ben Roethlisberger. When it comes this time of year, you can't count him out ever. At all. And, you know, the, the Bengals, uh, sorry, um, the Ravens have their schedule right now. they got the Patriots next. they got the Eagles. They play the Steelers, and then they got the Bengals. Yeah. Ravens, I mean, Flacco, every one of those defenses can give him trouble. Yep, yep. So it's really, it's really, you know, destiny is in their hands, and it's not looking good. So I'm, Steelers, uh, are, Steelers are hot right now. Yeah, I mean, I, I'm going to tip my favor to the Steelers in that one. Uh, but the Giants, dude, I am, I have no no faith in the Giants' ability to pull this out. I just don't. I just don't. I think their record I is, I think, they be, I think they beat a lot of, of bad teams. That's the truth. I honestly don't blame you, and I, who knows? I mean, again, it all depends on what Eli we're getting, and hopefully he kind of bands down the hatches and gets the shit together because, you know, playoffs are right there. They're sniffing at it. 
they just gotta, you know, get over the hump here. They, I'll let, we'll see if they get over that hump. You ready for the next game? Who we got? Kansas City Chiefs beat the Atlanta Falcons in a hell of an exciting game. Um, Eric Berry with a couple of picks, man. Woo! Oh, man. You know, I'm going to say this outright. I, I think I've underestimated Kansas City Chiefs all season. I mean, I think we all have, man. And every week, these guys, that defense is absolutely stellar. Mm-hmm. Just no nonsense, constant pressure, you know, front seven and secondary. Uh, and special teams, probably the best special teams I'd yes. say in the NFL right now. Yes, yes. Just on a regular basis, these guys come out, they play hard, and if you don't pay attention, you could be giving up a touchdown on special teams, which is not just embarrassing, it's a backbreaker. And I think that really was kind of a turning point to special teams, especially for uh, Kansas City, besides Eric Berry absolutely being a one-man show on defense. Yeah, he's, you want to talk about shutdown, well, he's, I mean, he's not a corner, he's a safety, but like, he is turning into like kind of a game-changing defensive back. Like, he is somebody who's turning into a guy like an Earl Thomas, you know, who's really affecting so much of the game by himself. It's really incredible because uh, just a year ago, I'm pretty sure it's Eric Berry. I have to double check. But I'm almost positive he he had he was getting chemotherapy. Oh yeah, oh that was Eric Berry, year. dude. That was totally he was Eric Berry. Chemotherapy last year, and you go out and this guy's just a savage on the field. It, beautiful watch. He's always been, you know, he was drafted high by the Chiefs. I think he was their first round pick mm-hmm. uh, a few years back. But he's always had the potential to be just, you know, they looked at him in the same way. Um, uh, what's his name? Reed. He was, uh, Eric Reed. He was a safety. He was a, yeah. He was a safety for the the, the Ravens for so many years. Or Ed Reed. Oh, Ed sorry, Reed. Yeah. Ed Reed. Sorry. Ed they Reed. were they looked at him as an Ed Reed type of guy who you know so smart he could be the leader of the defense and do everything, force fumbles, you know, intercept the football, take deep coverage, and showing the Chiefs defense is is, is an iron wall. Now, let me ask you this about about the Chiefs, because I was listening to uh, the NFL, the Ringer NFL show. Robert Mays made a really good point, which is he says, the Chiefs have been able to pull out a lot of wins through special teams and defense, which is something you just said. You said their special teams, their defense is playing out of their minds. But you and I both know their offense is nothing really amazing. Alex Smith doesn't really throw the ball that much. Their run game, you know, without Jamal Charles, I'm not saying the, the run game is bad, but it's just... The Spencer Ware show is, it's not the same thing. Tyreek Hill has been accounting for a big chunk of their offense. Tyreek Hill and, yeah. and Travis Kelsey. Travis Kelsey's, um, dude, he's been a beast. Been the unsing hero because last year I think we were waiting for that breakout year, but that breakout year is now. Dude, he has been I, reeling off 100 yard games. I think, um, look, we all know Alex Smith is not an elite quarterback, but we will say, in terms of a guy fitting an offense. Mm-hmm. And we all know Andy Reid can be conservative. Alex Smith fits that offense to a T. He really does. Uh, he, was, he was 21 for 25, 270 yards, a touchdown, and which not anything, you know, to write home about. No, no, but no. But when you, when you consider just how big turnovers are for any given NFL team, it, it's huge to have a quarterback who can go out there and not shit the best for you. Just yeah. Do your job manage the football game, get the ball down the field, get us at least in field goal range, and, you know, let the defense, if you have a great defense, 
Let them do their thing. Well, let me ask you this. Are they, if they play against a good team in the playoffs, like a Patriots or a Raiders team that's really going to minimize their mistakes, the, the team that's not going to make many mistakes, a team that's not going to let the Chiefs' defense get the better of them, do you think the Chiefs have enough offense to actually win one of those games? You see what I'm saying? I, I absolutely hear what you're saying. I think so still. I'm still, I'm, I'm not saying I'm 100% riding behind the Chiefs, but I, I, at this point, I'd be a fool to rule them out. Okay. They always do just enough. They got, you got Kelsey, you got Spencer Ware, who can also catch the ball out of the backfield. Mm-hmm. Tyreek Hill, you know, he threw a screen pass and he may burn you. Yeah, he just needs a little room and he's gone. Yeah, he may absolutely burn you. We got this guy, Albert Wilson, mm-hmm. um, who stepped up, who had a, a pretty I mean, solid game. That was beautiful. That, that was like a broken tackle and he was gone. And again, it's, you know, just great coaching by Andy Reid, plucking these guys out, you know, who aren't superstars, but you put them together and you have just enough of a team. And, you know, again, Kansas City defense, you got Derek Johnson. You got Eric Berry. You got Justin Houston. Who's yeah, been playing like Justin a Houston back is is a absolute game changer. You have just enough pieces on defense that you know what you guys don't have to score a lot of points. Let us get on the field. Let us get the ball back to you. Uh, okay, pop quiz: Atlanta Falcons. They are now seven and five, tied with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Do you think the Atlanta Falcons can win the division, or are the Buccaneers going to steal it? Here, and I'll pull up the schedules while you're thinking about that. Well, Tampa Bay's been playing, uh, speaking of teams, playing out of their mind. Dude, really. playing out of their mind. Tampa Bay's also been doing it and, you know, looking good while doing it. So, um, I, 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 don't, I don't know. It's a tough call. James Winston has really, uh, I think, turned the corner. Yeah, he really has. Of, uh, quarterback play. And the, the defense he's had behind him, too, as well, has been really friggin' good. Tampa Bay so, Buccaneers... Uh, are playing the Saints twice, uh-huh. the Dallas Cowboys on Sunday Night Football in Dallas in two weeks, and the Carolina Panthers. They've got kind of a janky schedule. Yeah, that's... The Panthers and the Bucks always have a good matchup, even though um, the, uh, the Bucks beat the Panthers the last time they played each other. I think... Um, now... Now they've the, got a manageable schedule. They can at least they should at least win half of those games. Now the Atlanta Falcons, they're playing the Los Angeles Rams, the San Francisco 49ers, the Panthers, and the Saints. A way softer schedule. Way softer schedule. I mean, I, I'm I, leaning I mean, towards Atlanta. I think Atlanta's gonna steal They're gonna steal that I, division. I agree. I agree. I'm just surprised that we're here talking about Atlanta potentially looking from the outside in, oh, you know the playoffs. They, I, you would have figured they'd clinched already at this point. They were so, they looked so unbeatable. Yeah. Early on in the season. And Matt Ryan was an early MVP candidate. I just. Yeah, I think those deficiencies we always talked about were concerned. They didn't have another guy who could play alongside Julio Jones. You know, Muhammad Sanu never really. And and some some defensive issues too. You know, they're not they're a porous defense. We give a little too much credit to their to their defense at times. They've had injuries and they haven't played nearly as well as you would you would expect from a, a playoff team. Right. So I think all all those chickens are coming home to roost now, and Atlanta's actually got to kind of come out and and put it all together if they want to even have a shot at the playoffs right now because um, Tampa Tampa Bay. Looks like they're they're in it to win it. Tampa Bay has been reeling off some serious wins. Do you do you want to jump to the let's jump to do you want to jump to the Bucks game? Let's jump to the Bucks game. Yeah, we might as well. Uh, so the Buccaneers they beat the Chargers, and again this was another convincing win. The Bucks, you know, I feel like one of the cool parts about this season has been seeing teams 
go into these exciting win streaks, like seeing the Dolphins reel off six wins or seeing um, the Buccaneers reel off four wins against legitimate teams. I mean, the Buccaneers, you know, they beat up on uh, the Seahawks. Um, they beat up – who the hell was that other convincing team that they beat the shit out of that, uh, that nobody was expecting them to? Let me pull this up. Um, it was uh, – oh, man, I'm gonna, it's right on the tip of my tongue. It was another game where it was like, oh wow, they they big win. Oh, they beat the Chiefs. They beat the Chiefs. Oh yeah, they did beat the Chiefs. Man, that was you're right. That I mean, close, yeah, they've had a couple of close ones, close calls against uh, teams that they have no business being. But you know what? They everything came down to clutch play. James Winston wasn't having an amazing game. No, but towards right towards the end of it, when it counted, he hit Cameron Brait. Yep. For some some big plays, especially that touchdown that kind of sealed it. Mm-hmm. And then the defense just really. Again, they I didn't mean, last just, they held on. That is the unspoken part, is this Tampa Bay Buccaneers defense is really, like, they are showing themselves to be elite. If they're not elite yet, they're certainly playing at that level right now. Yeah, and they even have an injury where Chris Cassie, who's one of their better corners, mm-hmm. didn't even play in this game, and uh, his backup came in and had a pretty damn good game. I think he got a pick. I is that Tandy? Is that the guy who ended up picking off uh, Phillip Rivers at the end of the game? Yeah, I think that was it in the corner. Dude. Um, they were coming down the field, and they were looking like they were going to score. I mean, I never underestimate the Chargers' capacity to lose the game in the fourth quarter. Uh, and, you know, Phil Rivers, uh, just kind of a tumultuous... The Chargers, uh, you know, they are the most exciting team that's not going to be in the playoffs. <laughs> it's very true. That's and the truth. Any given week, man. You know, um, last week it was Dontrell Inman was the hero. He was almost again this week, and Rivers had two big plays to both of them. Mm-hmm. Uh, to him and Tyrell Williams with a big catch. Oh, yeah. But that was pretty much it. They really didn't have anyone else really kind of come through and do anything. Melvin Gordon had a great game, but I, he, I don't think he really got enough carries to really... He, I thought he would have broken their backs because they didn't look like they had an answer for him. And and um, I, I really feel that lots of times the turnovers are the things that kill this Charger team. The t- yeah. They just... they. They figure out ways to turn the ball over, and, I mean, again, they just shoot themselves in the foot, and you can't be doing that. Uh, you know what? They paid for it this time. Um, Kansas, Kansas, sorry, Kansas City, um, San Diego, they had two interceptions, didn't fumble this week, but you know what? That was enough. Um, Tampa Bay capitalized on pretty much every turnover they had with good field position and just came back and... and put points on the board when they needed it. Yeah, and 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 uh, second half stuff. Like, Tampa Bay did most of the work in the second half. Yeah, that, that was really what was kind of surprising. Was uh, their, their kicker, Robert Aguayo, uh, had a little bit of trouble kind of putting some points on the board early on, but uh, he, he, he turned it around, got a couple of kicks in when they needed it. But, man, I, I, I'm still, like, in shock that... Uh, that they, they let this one get away. Phil Rivers threw a, a pick six as well. That was Dude. huge and kind of swung the momentum. That was really, to me, kind of like the, the okay, we're kind of in trouble yeah. moment here. And, and, they, and also... They should have put, put it out of reach at that point. Really, really give it... Again, kudos to the Buccaneers' defense. I mean, these guys are making big plays when it when they need it. Yeah, I, I'm, I'm, I'm loving them, and I'm kind of nervous about getting on the bandwagon because I, I, I feel like it, you could turn around tomorrow and James Winston just shits the bed. Yeah, dude, he could lay an egg against the Saints and then all of a sudden you're sitting here going, oh, well, I thought they were good. 
Well, it's the Buccaneers. Like you said, I will admit, it's been fun to kind of watch these teams that you really... They were not on my radar. Tampa Bay was not on my radar remotely this season for any reason. But they're shaking things up. They're beating people they have no business beating. And they're really kind of... And also, I want to give some credit to Jameis Winston as, like, Jameis Winston and Marcus Mariota, say what you want, these guys are progressing. They are not turning into busts. I think they are guys who are both kind of, you know, evolving into players who can be very, uh, you know, major quarterbacks uh, in this league moving forward. I'm excited to see them, you know, take steps forward and not backward. They're going to be around. Jameis Winston's thrown 23 touchdowns this year. Yeah, man. I mean, that's legitimate numbers. He's got. He's had a great season. Twenty-three touchdowns, um, twelve interceptions, which is not amazing, but it's not bad either for no. you know quarterback of his caliber. And but, he, and his team is seven and five. Like it's, you yeah. can't sneeze at that. Ninety ninety quarterback rating this year. Uh, he's he, he's definitely improved. And you know what? Just, uh, the ceilings can only go up. He can do more. Imagine if he had another. Amazing wide receiver I did return to. Oh, you mean like Vincent Jackson? <laughs> oh, if only. Yeah, if only. Yeah, I, I think they're they're gonna they're gonna hopefully find someone else to sort of. T- I don't think Vincent Jackson's coming back next year, and you I know, think that might be it. Yeah. Yeah, they're you bring probably... another guy in there to to play off of Mike Evans, and maybe you know Cameron Braid if he takes a step forward. All of a sudden, this is a really dangerous offense. Shoot, they're dangerous now. They 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 have that potential. Uh, especially with Mike Evans. Mike Evans actually didn't even do much in this game. I know. I know. Which was surprising. So what, surprising. I mean, you're starting to see the possibilities because, listen, if they're, if Jameis isn't throwing him the ball every single pass play, you can really open up this offense. And you still beat San Diego with, with barely any Mike Evans. So, um, they got potential. You want to move on to the next game? Yeah, who was on next on the uh, docket here? Thursday night football, Dallas Cowboys beat the Vikings in a close one. But uh, this was... Th- okay, I think all season people have been getting ready for the rookie game of Dak Prescott, the game where he starts to look like a rookie, he makes mistakes, and they kind of like lose a clunker. Everyone's yeah. been waiting for it. That was this game. That was this game. The Vikings, for the first time in weeks, looked good. Their defense looked really good. Their defense looked great. I mean, they really took it to the Cowboys' offense. They really made them work for every single bit. Dak Prescott couldn't move the ball nearly as well. But, dude, this is why I think the Cowboys are ready to be winning the Super Bowl because Dak Prescott got first downs when he needed them with his legs. When there were no pass plays, he was the one running the ball. I mean... Even with a good defense like Minnesota, Dallas still found a way to put points on the board and just put the nail in the coffin. And I mean, that says it all, dude. Like, I'm starting to wonder. I'm looking at this Cowboys team and I'm sitting here saying, where are their flaws? Where can you attack them? And I'm struggling. What did you think? I think at the end of the day, you still have to look. Unfortunately, as much as I love Dak Prescott, you still have to look at the rookie quarterback. If you're going to make any kind of dent, and in this battleship, it's got to be through the quarterback because you're just basing that off of lack of experience. Even though he's been playing like he's been in the league three or four years already, mm-hmm. you know, you're probably going to have to give him some different defensive looks mm-hmm. and just kind of take him out of his paces. And I think Minnesota did a pretty good job of shaking it up. And they were getting a lot of pressure to that front seven. Mm-hmm. They, they, they got into the backfield and forced him into those situations where he had to run the football for the first down. Yeah. You know, he just did a great. I think, I think they, uh, Minnesota probably 
didn't value his running ability. They underestimated him a little bit, and he made him pay for it. I mean, um, he certainly made that, him pay. Des Bryant, Des Bryant had a couple huge moments, huge mm-hmm. plays where he, he really bailed him out. And um, it's been kind of interesting to watch the dynamic between uh, Prescott and Bryant this year in terms of, uh, well, Des Bryant seems less selfish this season. There hasn't really been much, you know, antics as much Winning winning cures a lot of things. It really does. It really clears uh, clears up all that congestion, I guess. Dude, I guess uh, because they are winning and it's beautiful. And listen, you know what? Now Dez is getting the ball. Now that he's healthy and he's on the field, and Prescott can get him the ball, and Prescott's not throwing every pass to Cole Beasley and Jason Witten. I mean, you want this is the same thing as the Buccaneers. They're opening up the offense. Like, yeah, it's hard to find anything where it's like, all right, listen. You want to you want to kind of clamp down on Dak Prescott. Ezekiel Elliott's going to run it down your throat. You want to fact you want to stack the box. Dak Prescott's going to air it out to Des Bryant. I mean, holy shit! Uh, best team in the NFL easily. Um, but just again, I, it's going to be hard for anyone to really find. I'm starting to I'm I, starting I, to think that maybe their defense is is where you need to attack them because their defense is not perfect. You're gonna have to put, yeah, you're going to have to put points up in bunches on them because. The Cowboys, I think they play kind of accordingly to who they're faced up against. Because mm-hmm. if you put you score up on them, uh, the the offensive coordinators aren't afraid to open it up a little bit. They'll let Prescott throw the ball deep. Yeah, you know they're not they're, they're not exactly a conservative offense. They're not super aggressive, but you know they just have players who excel so well at the at running the football, and you know Prescott makes precise throws God. that they don't have to try to take too many gambles. They won't put him in a situation where he's going to be throwing picks all the time. He's just so but good. I think, I think they can keep pace with anyone. anyone. Like, let's say they had to go up against a, a high score of offense like a Falcons. I think they could keep pace. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I, I completely agree. stop Ezekiel Elliott on the ground. I mean, dude, even no one's going to be stopping him. I feel like even if you play one of the best run defenses, and that was one of the things they talked about when they played the Ravens. The Ravens had the best run defense in the league, and the Cowboys could still run the ball on the Ravens. Like, that was sort of the... They still carved them up. That was the litmus test of, like, oh, we need to do way more. As a matter of fact, we still have no idea what to do to slow down this Cowboys offense. (laughs) I mean, Uh, I'm saying it again. I think the defense is where you attack them. You need to have some type of a team that can put points on the Cowboys' defense and hold the ball. A team that's able to run it, a team that's able to get third downs. Like, that's going to be the team that's able to kind of, you know, really, really get a shot at beating this Cowboys team. Because if you try to do if you, if you try to do anything to their offense, I mean, you, you at least need to pick your poison and understand that they're going to get on the board somehow, and there's going to be some degree of either... Forcing turnovers or outscoring them—that's that's the only thing I can see happening. I think that's a good point. I um, I think the question now is just who's it going to be? The ten yeah. one. We're still waiting for someone to to crack that egg. I mean, I I kind of you know what? Let's jump around a little bit. I was going to go to another game, but let's talk about the Seahawks and the Panthers because I think the biggest. I think the Seahawks. First off, Seahawks destroyed the Panthers. That was embarrassing. That was really ugly. Um. I mean, they. you want to talk about having their way with them. I mean, the Colts smacked around the Jets. The Seahawks smacked around the Panthers. The, you want to, yeah. the Panthers have fallen far. Um, uh, just, but, um, uh, just Cam Newton. Cam Newton coming back in after 
getting benched for not wearing oh a tie. Oh my god, dude! And, and having to deal with the to fact have that Derek Anderson throw a pick on the first fucking pass. Come on, man. You're playing from you're playing from behind. Have fun. And so and so, let me talk about the Seahawks because I think Seattle is probably the closest defense that's gonna because they are like I mean they are animals, man. Like they yeah. they are feasting on quarterbacks and opportunities. I mean they are still the most intimidating defense in the league in my opinion. But you lose Earl Thomas in this game. It was kind of a freak yeah. play, but he broke his leg. He's essentially done for the year now. He's a big piece that you take away from that Legion of Boom. Ken Chancellor and Earl Thomas are probably the two biggest, besides obviously Richard Sherman. Of course. On that defense, just really the heart of it. And you got guys that play on that super talented level, and you lose one of those, you know, basically those game flow coordinators. And of course, that was the one big play I think the um, Panthers had, was they went after. Uh, Earl Thomas' replacement, and mm-hmm. he got burned for a yeah, touchdown. Yeah, that was, that was the, the big 40-yard touchdown to Ted Ginn. That was all they had, and it was it was right after oh, yeah. Earl Thomas left the game. And a beautiful catch by Ted Ginn, by the way. Very beautiful catch. You know, Ted Ginn, those, those like one or two he has like every other week. It breaks my heart, because when I actually was a big college football watcher, I, watching him at Ohio State was just... I, I thought the man could do no wrong, and I thought he was going to be an absolute nightmare coming into the NFL and just never really translate. Never he's, really. He's flashes of brilliance. He's, I mean, his name, his middle name is Flash of Brilliance. That's all he does. Oh, but it's just, it's never translated to, I, I sometimes just imagine him on a team that really knew how to utilize the, the game-breaking skill that guy has. I mean, the only time it really happened was last year. Like, last year on the yeah. Panthers, that, that was legitimate when he, I mean, maybe it wasn't legitimate because I don't know if he could replicate it, but he... He looked good last year. Like, he really looked like a number one or number two receiver. He was putting up the numbers. He was doing it almost every single week. But, again, he just he's not been able to do it every year. And I, I think, again, that's the microcosm of one of the Panthers' problems. But, I mean, we kind of basically nullified that last year. But they, had a, kind of, they actually had a very similar situation as um, the, the Raiders, where they could put up points. But that defense last year was prone to just getting torn apart, you know. When they had just moments where they were basically in a shootout mm-hmm. with another team. Mm-hmm. So and it's just unfortunate this year that offense just has more or less it's, become oh, a tumbleweed. It's, it's really dried up. falling apart so fast. And now the Seahawks, so... There, you want to talk about something that's come back on is the Seahawks offense. So Thomas Rawls is now back. He yes. looks great. You know, with all of the injuries they've had, the Seahawks are the team that seems to kind of figure out their they they always seem to find their way out of a you know out of a out of a trap with their off you know they get an injury and the next man up kind of steps up and plays well. I mean, the Seahawks look like a team that's kind of ready and and clicking on all cylinders at the right time. I do you think okay? Is there anybody else in the NFC that can really challenge Dallas right now aside from Seattle? I really, I, there's no, I can't give you a vote of confidence on that. Yeah. I like the Redskins, but uh, no, I, I'm not a big fan of uh, the, the Giants' potential down the road. Nope. And you know, and Washington just lost to Arizona, so oh. that kind of that kind of took a little of the wind out of my sails. Yeah, you know, in terms of them being. So, should we jump to that game? Can we jump to the Redskins yeah, Cardinals game? Yeah. So. Uh, I was given so much credit to Washington. I thought they looked good. 
I thought they had a lot of positive things on offense. And then the Cardinals all of a sudden looked like they did last year. I was. I said to myself, I said, where was all this creative play calling? Uh, that was just that one red zone um, where they had basically uh, Larry Fitzgerald be the decoy and Malcolm Floyd caught the touchdown. Yeah. I was like, where the hell was all this before? Like, what? what where have you guys been? Like, where? why weren't they doing this all season? I mean, I was sitting there going, are you kidding me? You know, I thought for sure, because the Redskins, I'm like, listen, I think this team is better than their record represents. I think this is the team that should be 8-3 and three or 8-4 and four like the Giants and not the friggin' Giants. But yeah. then they go in and they, they lay an egg against Arizona. And it was like, you know, listen, Arizona would be in the playoffs if they played like that all season. But, I mean, I don't know what to make of it. Because can Arizona do that again next week? I don't think they can. You still there, brother? Hang on. Well, I think the one thing that was interesting about this is even during Arizona's losing streak is that they've been having uh, what I've noticed basically it's turned into the David Johnson show. Yeah, dude. David, I, this he, this was the David Johnson show. Oof. He's already been like the feature, not even the feature back. He's been the feature in the offense, you know, in re- receiving and, uh, you know, running the football. Mm-hmm. I think they upped the ante and they just kind of, you know, they said, fuck it, we're going to telegraph every single time. They were lining him up in a slot, yeah. doing everything, and no one could stop him. Yeah. And on top of that, they really just just made it David Johnson, Larry Fitzgerald, and everyone else is kind of like, good luck. And, you know, I, Washington did not have an answer for it. No, they really didn't. They, they, got, they got beat by um, basically telegraphed, telegraphed play calls. And I'm sure the, the defense lined up. And, every, and they probably honed in on, on David Johnson, and, and it did not matter. And you know Josh Norman ain't happy about this, but I think this says a lot more about the the Redskins' defense. They've got some problems. It looked like Josh Norman played like shit yeah. in that game, really. There was one there was one defensive play where he, he got to Palmer, completely missed the sack altogether, um, and he got burned. He got burned a few times out there yeah. uh, on, on defense. Blair Fitzgerald burned him. I'm pretty sure Malcolm Floyd burned him on the touchdown. Mm-hmm. So uh, he looked, he lo- and you know what it is? He's afraid to wrap up and tackle. Mm. So he, he looks human at times. And, you know, they, they're going to need more than that. If they're going to be a playoff team, they, they're going to need him to actually play like the man who, who uh, took the big money. Washington loves to sign uh, corners to, to big money, but... Uh, Dude, Washington loves to throw money around, let's be clear. Okay, Washington Redskins are playing the Eagles, the Panthers, the Bears, the Giants. Do you think they make it into the playoffs? They they win two of those games for sure. Yeah. Um. Obviously, Panthers, Panthers, and, and Bears, and probably the I'm Eagles. Watching, <laughs> I I'm man oh man I'm gonna I'm gonna be glued to my seat if uh, the Giants playoff hopes come down to. That final game of the season against the Redskins. Yeah, so and if, it, listen, if that's game. the case, my money would be on the Redskins. I can't even believe I'm saying that because I hate both those yeah. franchises, but I would put my money on Washington before New York, at least this that's year. A, look, since my Jets are, have been pretty much dead on arrival, so I, I, I'm i going to have to just kind of plan my hopes on crazy potential <laughs> playoff scenarios, and there's definitely one where the Redskins and uh, the Giants are fighting for that last spot. That's uh that that sounds like a game worth watching. Uh, I'd still put my money on Washington, even with you know, 
Jay Gruden had had every right to be pissed at his team. This was inexcusable. You gotta listen. Even though Arizona is as deadly as they are, you gotta figure out a way to slow them down and stop David Johnson. Because if Washington wants to make any noise in the playoffs, they gotta beat teams like Arizona. Yes, Ben. Uh, I still just mind boggling. Just to look at David Johnson's numbers and. Dude, there's no way he's not at least first pick in fantasy next year. Yeah, by he, a mile. Yeah, by and not mile. certainly not Todd Gurley. Not by a country mile. Oh David Johnson, the man. He's he's basically leading in Tomlinson. Come back to life, just not as high as scoring output as Tomlinson was when he was just racking up the touchdowns. But still, just in a PPR league, forget it. This this year really kind of re reasserted. The uh, the prominence of running backs in fantasy. Yes, this really yes. did. Because I think last year they kind of disappeared. There was a bit of a freaky year with a lot of injuries to the running backs. This season, so the big running backs have made noise. Levy and Bell, Melvin Gordon, Levy Ezekiel Elliott, David Johnson. I mean, these guys. How many people do you know have a fantasy team with Ezekiel Elliott and Melvin Gordon both on their team because Melvin Gordon was picked low and Ezekiel Elliott was picked high, and now you've got two of the top three running backs in the league taking you to the championship? Which is terrifying to think about. I mean, and I'm sure if you're that fantasy owner, you're probably patting yourself on the back because, man, you made out like a bandit. I mean, I'm sure everyone everyone thought that Melvin Gordon was going to be lackluster. I thought he was going to be lackluster. I certainly didn't see this coming. I mean, that's pretty much you picked up Melvin Gordon. You you probably forgot to stock up on another running back before they all were before they were all scooped up, and you said, "Oh, Melvin Gordon, why not? I'll play him in the flex." Yeah, yeah, I did that too. Only the guys I ended up picking up were Jonathan Stewart and Thomas Rawls. Hey, you know, Jonathan Stewart's been decent. He's been and, he's uh, been Thomas decent. Rawls, I think Thomas Rawls is probably what you know the Seahawks that that offense just. It, it it comes and goes with the run game, unfortunately. Yeah, yeah. and it and, only, and it took twelve weeks for Rawls to show up, and they they hung on. So, um, and you, I mean, you, unfortunately, CJ Prosnice again had uh, one amazing game and then was done. Yeah, I mean, so, dude, even I, there was even a couple of weeks where Christian Michael looked great. Yeah, absolutely right. He had a couple of big games, but uh, yeah, again, the Seahawks they need the run to kind of temper the offense. Mm-hmm. So if Thomas Rawls can stay healthy. It's the big. It's been a big issue for Seahawks is that their running backs can stay healthy. Dude, knock yeah, on wood. Stay healthy. Knock yeah, on wood right. for Thomas Rawls to stay healthy because if he can stay healthy, this team is making noise, and They're you know dangerous. all of a sudden the Seahawks might be in the Super Bowl. I wouldn't put it past them. I mean, when you look at the makeup of that squad, it's not much different from that championship team. No, it's not. They they they've been a perennial playoff contender for the last five years, even before they won that Super Bowl, and this year is no different. Yeah, um, with the exception of Golden Tate, who's now with the Lions. Who's 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 doing great with the Lions? Let's jump to that game. Lions Saints. So the Lions really took it to the Saints. This high-powered, yeah, Jesus, Drew Brees is God in in New Orleans. Well, Detroit had something to say about that because Drew Brees looked pretty fucking mortal in this game. I was really surprised how this. Uh, that, I mean, that that came apart pretty quickly. It looked like Drew Brees just. Kind of rushed through. He, yeah, it looked like he was in a hurry. Yeah, um, and and I think Detroit had a good game plan. Man, they really broke up the timing. You know, their defense played you know better than I think they had played in the last couple of weeks. And you know, when it came right down to it, at the end of the game, Golden Tate had this brilliant touchdown. That was the game yeah, changer. That was amazing. I mean, that was he, amazing. He he just has this. Uh, I don't want to say the word sneaky. Is he? He's just elusive. He, you look 
And if you look too long at the quarterback, if you're a defender and you look away too long, he creates that separation. And before long, you're you're playing catch up. You're you're trying to catch him after he's already got the football in his hands. And he he burned a couple guys out there where they had more than enough space between to make the tackle, and he just slinked away. I mean, he's, uh, he's dude. He's got he's got some ability. You know, yards after the catch, serious ability. Yeah, I always thought he was good, but I I've been looking at some of these highlights, and man, oh man, he's just he. He's just unnaturally good. He's freakishly good. I mean, he's got the intangibles of the word I'm looking for. Like you're starting to really appreciate the fact that you know he's the guy replacing Megatron. I, I mean, listen, yeah. no, no disrespect to Marvin Jones. I think we've established that he's not the number one guy there. Golden Tate brings a lot to that offense, and especially when I think all game, you know, going into this game, the offense we were talking about was the Saints. We were talking yeah. about what they were going to do, how they were going to air it out. And after, you know, putting up, you know, bunches and bunches of points on the Rams, I mean, they were really silenced against, uh, you know, against this, this, um, this Lions team. And, and now let's, okay, so here, let me get Lions remaining schedule. They're playing the Bears, the Giants, the Cowboys, and the Packers. The Green Bay Packers are playing the Seahawks, the Bears, the Vikings, and the Lions. I think the Lions are going to win that division. What do you think? The Lions, the Lions definitely have the the edge in the matchup here. I, I mean, they're I, up two games. They're up two games on the on the Packers. I, I just think I I'm a little bit worried about the consistency. Maybe moving forward, even though they're eight and four, which is still kind of a surprise to look at actually on paper. I know. I know. <laughs> I'm still a, I'm still a little bit worried about if they can close. I mean, this you is know, the same um, Lions team that started last year, one and seven. Well, their running game is still iffy. Yeah, they they don't really have one. I mean, it's theoretic, but I mean, he does a lot of he's a lot of cat pass catching than he does actually running. So it's it's really going to hinge on Stafford getting the ball to to Tate and Jones and that that defense, which is a question mark. Really closing games out, I. Uh, I'm I'm really you know I, I think they're going to be okay. But I think they're going to make the playoffs. Really, I'm just not sure they're going to. I don't think they're going to really be able to. I, I think they're out first round. Okay, okay. I think they'll make it to the playoffs, but I can see them getting bumped in the wild card round. I absolutely can see yeah. that. But I mean, I'm I'm kind of I'm not high on the Packers. I feel like the Packers are going to be on the outside looking in. Well, the Packers, that that problem is not going to go away this season with that defense. Is, yeah. I mean, look, their the defense, defense and the lack of job. running game. They did a they did a great job this past weekend. Yeah, but, let's I let's mean, jump to that game, the Packers and the Texans, man, in the snow. That was that was fun to watch. It was fun to see some you know some December weather start affecting yeah, some of these was, games. Green Bay was, was in their element here, and I I, I kind of laugh because I wonder if the Texans just have been so used to. To that heat and just to come in and play mm-hmm. a cold a cold weather game. Oh yeah, that they just they just couldn't handle it. They, and they that was out. you know. That was actually, I watched a lot of that game because I get that on TV down here in Austin. And, um, Mm -hmm. you know, the Packers made their fair share of mistakes. The weather certainly affected a lot of the game. Um, But the the reality was that the Texans, again, you know, could not move the ball. Brock Osweiler, for the first time in many weeks, finally got the ball to DeAndre Hopkins for a touchdown, but it was too little too late. 
they threw it deep, but but I mean, I mean you know, he, there was very little deep passing with the snow and the slipping and sliding. I mean, yeah. there wasn't much they could do. And you said it; they were the Packers were in their element. And after that, you know, the Packers had a couple of atrocious losses. Beating the Eagles kind of brought them back to where they needed to be. And now they're on a three-game winning streak, or a, at least a two-game winning streak. They're six and six. Like now, the Packers are looking dangerous again. But you, you called it, man. You can't talk. You that defense is still very, very, very questionable. I, I think really what happened here. Um, well, we've known all season Houston has a trouble. Uh, they just have a problem scoring. <laughs> the offense is so it's so lethargic. They're it's a football so- team that has trouble scoring. <laughs> It's just, it's lethargic, and um, Aaron Rodgers, a couple times he got it to Jordy Nelson, so wide open. Oh, wow. He could have, he could have opened, like, he could have built a house. Dude, I saw that one. Of- the defender straight slipped in the snow and fell down, and that was all she wrote. Yeah, uh, they just took advantage of the opportunities they had, and then the defense, which is kind of awful, and you really don't have to do much. You just kind of loosely cover your guy. Um, if you're playing the Texans, because they they're their own worst enemy. On, yeah, that's on, on that's offense. really true. I think in some ways, you know, the they're weather and defense. Yeah, the weather and the bad defense, you know, was enough to slow down the Texans because their offense is so anemic. I I've been so disappointed with Lamar Miller. I still oh. played him this this weekend because I I thought that Packers defense was gonna give up something. Lamar Miller had 14 carries for 22 yards. Mm-hmm. Um, and just, just soul crushing. They threw it to him one time for negative four yards. Ugh. Just I, I don't understand how the offensive coordinator still has a job. Yeah, that's. Yeah, I think you. Re- this is where you start to really. You need to look at Brock Osweiler and you need to look at coaching because there is some pl- very questionable play calling going on with the offense. I, I don't. I don't like it. I don't like it. There's no way that I. You have that much talent on your roster. And, and you can't and, figure and out a way to get them the ball. You can't figure out a way yeah. to get Lamar Miller some room. You can't figure out a way to get DeAndre Hopkins open. I'm you, not asking Brock Osweiler to be friggin' John Elway out here. But, no. You know. But maybe you were asking him to be Alex Smith. Yeah, work within the system. Um, screen passes were, were when Lamar Miller was in Miami. I, I mean, he could run, he could get 25 carries a game. Mm-hmm. But he just ate up so much yardage. He was just such a different taste back on that team when they threw the football to him, which is why when I heard he was going to to the Texans who, who've done that, they did that when they had Arian Foster. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And all of a sudden, they've kind of completely forgotten the basis and they don't do it at all. And I, I, I'm, I'm, I think I've complained about this already. I think we've had a show. Where I complained that I'm like, why haven't we seen more screen passes? Yeah, it's a, it's a staple of NFL offenses now. And and, and now we're running really well. Weeks have gone by, and we're still having this conversation. What the hell is going on with the Texans? Try something new. Try something new. Uh, pop uh, quiz: Texans, Colts, Titans, all six and six. Who wins that division? Man, I shudder, shudder as a thought. I'm, I'm, I'm terrified. Actually, I would say they're all in a strange way evenly matched, just because Houston's defense is so good, and the Colts and the Titans are, in my mind, they're interchangeable in terms of what they offer, mm-hmm. you know, um, as a package. But I may have to go slightly with the Titans, just because I like Mariota at quarterback. 
I love DeMarco Murray at the running back position. The defense is nothing to write home about. But at this point, neither the Colts. Mm-hmm. And the Texans can't score. So it's this is like even Stevens all the way around. But I'm going to have to give the Titans the edge in terms of who can probably bring it home. I would put my money on the Colts because Andrew Luck has a way of winning games. That's I, I wouldn't argue against that. I would yeah. think that's a fair... I think it'd be a fair assessment. I think it's just. I think the whole division is just sad. It's just sad we're having that discussion that all those teams are sort of wallowing in mediocrity, but yet one of them's going to be hosting a playoff game. It's scary. I think you do have a good point, though. I'm, I'm pretty sure the Colts beat the um, Titans in their um, matchup this year. Yeah, and uh, Colts beat them twice. They beat the Titans twice. Yeah, they, I think once they beat them soundly too. So yeah, I, you know, I uh, I can't argue with your pick there. Um, next up on the docket, let's talk about the Ravens and the Dolphins. So the Ravens, uh, are also trying to get hot at the right time. They're trying to beat the Steelers for that division championship for the first time in weeks. Joe Flacco looked like a Super Bowl quarterback all over again, throwing four touchdowns and 381 yards. Um, and this is, this was against a Dolphins defense that I think we were really getting excited about. So, I was, uh, yeah, I, I, what I, happened in this I, game? I've just recently given the Miami Dolphins defense, defense credit too, and Joe Flacco performed like open heart surgery. He just he cut them apart. Yeah, he I, he I still can't believe that he got to Dennis Pitta two times, not once. Oh my god. Twice. He, I mean, he he's, look, he's he been due. All he's, he's been throwing to Dennis Pitta all season, and finally, he 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 struck gold with him this week. Uh, he's so nice. He did it twice. I, I um, I'm wondering if he's gonna probably sit down and play this video over and over and over again. <laughs> this is kind of this is how it's done. This is this is how you used to be. And, you know, this was, I think a lot of this was all the game, the game plan went for the Ravens. The Ravens got up early, they they shoved the ball down their throat, they got the running game going, they got the passing game going, and they put the Dolphins in a situation where the Dolphins, listen, the Dolphins want to run the ball. They don't want to have Tannehill have to win the game. And in this, and you know, when you're when you're playing from behind, you got to throw the ball, which means Tannehill's got to be throwing the ball left and right. And what happened? He threw three interceptions. And two of those interceptions were tipped balls, and one was just, one was a catchable ball, and the other one just it just had so much hang time that the defenders it was a freebie. Mm-hmm. So Tannehill had a kind of a rough go, but you know it's his heads up playing from um, the Ravens defense. But look again, that was enough. I, I think that forced them into making some bad decisions, took Miami out of their run game because mm-hmm. they're playing from behind, and Joe Flacco was just playing so well that it. It was, it was not a winnable cause for the Dolphins. I mean, it was it was pretty impressive to see the Ravens. This was a statement win. They needed this win. They needed to slow down the because also the Dolphins were hot, man. The Dolphins yeah. were were are like in playoff I contention. Think they won like, I think we won like maybe three or three games. The last three out three out. Of oh no, the games, Dolphins were on a six game win streak. This snapped their wow. winning streak. They were one and four, and they came into this game seven and four. That's insane. And so, you know, like this was a team that was actually going into the weekend, they had the wild card spot over the Denver Broncos. Like it was that kind of situation. It was that kind of party. So for the Dolphins to lose this clunker, kind of come back down to earth. I mean, I think it says a lot about the Dolphins. And it's also, like I said, it says something about the Ravens. The Ravens are getting hot at the right time. 
Yeah, and they're they're opening up the offense a little bit actually. Where mm-hmm. um, Kenneth Dixon's getting a lot of playing time, yep. and he looks good. He looks great. I I feel like we're looking at like maybe, maybe Kenneth Dixon. He might. Yeah, yeah. He might be the man next year. Like maybe they cut Terrence West. It's possible that they just they, they swap roles. I think you look at it kind of not as a that he's going to be a David Johnson scale player, but just kind of giving him a more meaty role in the offense, bringing mm-hmm. the feature back, and he gets. He gets to run the football and catch it out of the backfield. I'm a little skeptical if the Ravens can replicate this offense. Mm, doubtful. And I'm doubtful they'll be able to bring it back to, to the heights where Ray Rice was oh, yeah, an I, absolute monster. We are not there yet. They, if they want that back, they better go sign Ray Rice, and you know they ain't doing that. Yeah. I, 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 got, I got love for Ray Rice, I know, but he's that stank is just not getting off him. No. I, I wouldn't be completely surprised. If some team took a flyer in him, maybe next year hmm. for like okay. cheap money. Okay. Um, next up, let's talk about the Bills and the Raiders. So yeah. the, the Bills had a legitimate chance to to take down the Raiders and steal a victory. They looked great up until the second half when the Raiders. I mean, what I think was more listen the, the Raiders exploding offensively wasn't a surprise. What I thought was a surprise was the Bills defense letting them explode like that because I thought this. This is a Bills defense that I've got respect for. Um, what are some of the takeaways you had from this game? Uh, I think Khalil Mack is the defensive player of the year. Just off of the, just off of the strength of the Oakland Raiders defense is fucking abysmal. Yeah. And they're so bad that literally one man is keeping this entire thing on the rails. He's accounted, I would say, at this point for at least three of their, their wins, three out of those ten wins. I would agree uh, with that. Right and especially, and it was not more evident than it was in this game, where they were having so much trouble containing Tyrod Taylor until Khalil Mack finally started to break through. And mm-hmm. literally, I think he forced two fumbles. He had a sack mm-hmm. um, and a fumble recovery. And he had an, I think he had an interception. I can't remember um, in this game. But he, did, he basically did everything. He did everything that that defense needed for multiple people. God. So I... I mean, it was really, yeah. it was really a collapse by the Bills. I mean, they were up you twenty, know, yeah. they were up twenty-four to nine, and then the friggin' Oakland Raiders scored four unanswered touchdowns. It was crazy, and you know, Lashawn McCoy was running, running like a stallion out there in an open field, just shaking the pants off the guys out there. And I, I don't know what happened that they kind of went away a little bit from that game plan because in the first couple quarters. Even Mike Gillisley was getting mm-hmm. getting his legs mm-hmm. in on his defense. You know, and the, I don't, the, it kind of makes me think like you know the Bills played really great for three quarters. Yeah, and you know? then all of a sudden they probably got really conservative and they fizzled up a little bit. And they, you know, and they they probably also got tired, man. Which you know that's that's great, but NFL games are four quarters. So you want to you want to win it, and God, no one at this point. I don't think anyone has more experience. Than the Raiders do in the fourth quarter. I, I can't. I can't believe we're talking about the the Raiders like this. I can't believe it. I mean, this is a it's team that truth, was right though. up there with the Cleveland Browns up until last year, up until this and year. You know what? I'm actually gonna look. I want to see these scores from this year, man. Just because the Raiders they duped it out with everybody. This is scores. The, the the first one of the season against the Saints, 35-34. Mm-hmm. They lost to the Falcons, 35-28. Jesus. Titans, 17-10. Ravens, 28-27. Chargers, 34-31 a victory. They lost, they got blown out by the Chiefs, 
Jaguars thirty three to sixteen. Bucks they beat thirty to twenty four. Wow. Broncos thirty to twenty. Texans they won twenty seven to twenty. Panthers thirty five thirty two. All of their games are like this. Yeah. Where it's just these high scoring affairs, and it's because the defense just lets the floodgates open. But I, I again, uh, do, do, I love them. Do the Oakland Raiders make it to the AFC title game? So that is the question. You know what is I'm saying? Like, can, can Oakland beat Kansas City in a playoff game? That's a big question because what if this team, they, they're, they're so in, uh, inherently, like, relies on their offense that they run into a buzzsaw on defense that kind of shuts them down and in turn scores on this defense, which we know at this point gives up points. Mm-hmm. You know, is that enough? Can they get enough of a fourth quarter comeback? Look, the first game of the season, Jack Devereux goes to that gutsy call and goes for the victory. Like that's been their kind of their their um, their tattoo for the whole season. Yeah, they've been, they've been pulling rabbits out of the hat in the fourth quarter all year. You know, yeah, they've been gunslingers. You know, is it going to be enough in a playoff scenario where everyone's you know everyone's up a notch, everyone's playing up a and, notch, and and in a playoff scenario where defense wins championships. And you know Andy Reid doesn't, you know, doesn't bullshit around. No, so it, 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 it's going to be. I feel like I don't know. I, if they face like a Kansas City in the title game, I don't think so. Yeah, I think that's I what. Like happen. I, I'm I, Oakland is really exciting to watch, but as long as that defense continues to play the way it does, I don't have faith that that offense is going to save them in the playoffs. Yeah, and I can't even point to one specific thing on that defense. That's um, I can't say it's the run run defense. No, I it's, can't say it's the secondary. No, it's right. Khalil Mack. That's the only thing we can point to. Yeah, that's it. He's the only thing keeping this thing together. Ugh. Um. All right, here we got three more games on this slate. Uh, Rams Patriots. Um. I don't know if there's much to say about this game. The Patriots do what they do. They keep rolling along. Um. I mean, their weaknesses didn't really show up in this game. I think the Patriots' weakness is their defense, but the Rams... I think probably the, the only really takeaway from this is LeGarrette Blunt is still a fantastic Dude, NFL running back. And LeGarrette Blunt, man, he was a great fantasy pick. He was another fantasy pickup who I think a lot of people forgot about, but this season, man, it was his year. Yeah, I think, I think um, NFL teams gave up on him too early after. I don't know if he got into domestic issues or... Like, I don't think that was the case. I think th- I think you're right. I think they kind of gave up on him, man. You know that we've talked about this before. Tampa Bay just let him walk, which is I, I don't get it. And he had a great season with Tampa Bay. I, I I don't know if they thought it was something they could duplicate. Well, I, they kind of to a degree have duplicated it. But, well, you mean um, the Doug Martin? Doug Martin's a great running back when he's healthy. He's, yeah, he's he's fucking beast. Yeah, but you know, with Garrett Blunt. I mean, I I do look at him. He's, he's such a big guy, 250, 260 pounds, mm-hmm. and he runs he runs with cutback moves. And he's shaking guys out of their, their boots out there. You know, and so. and Bill Belichick is funny when it comes to running backs, man. He's able to make running backs, you know, really famous, and then they disappear as soon as they leave his system. But LeGarrette Blunt has been a guy who's really worked very well for Belichick's scheme. Yeah. You know, because he's still finding a role in there, even with James White and Deion Lewis and Brandon Bolden. Like he's he's in there doing stuff. It's it, it's mind boggling to me um, that this guy just strolled into Patriots camp and is. I'm trying to remember. And, I'm actually looking it up now. Just getting cut by the Steelers and then you know winning a Super Bowl. 
Yeah, I, I think I remember LeGarrette Blunt having issues in college. That's what it was. I watched him when he was at Oregon, and I think it was after a bowl game um, that they lost. There was some kind of mix-up on the field right after, and he literally reached out and just sucker-punched this guy in the face. <laughs> and I think that he, he really, his draft stock took kind of a hit after that, if I remember. But I don't remember if there's anything that happened while he was in Tampa. I think, no, I think you're probably, I mean, knowing knowing how draft spots work, that's probably all it would have taken to shift him down a bunch of slots. I don't know what yeah, happened in Tampa. Tampa. I think, I think Tampa deal. just ended up drafting Doug Martin and sort of moved on. You know, somebody goes, well, you know, New England has nothing to do with uh, sending them a bottle of champagne when they win the Super Bowl. Thank you again for the contribution. I mean, hey, new, leave it to New England to, you know, make someone a star. Like I said. Um, I know we haven't covered the Bears and the 49ers, even though that's just... That's okay. That's, that's I was going to go to the, the Broncos game. We got the Broncos, Jags, and the Bears and the 49ers. Which one you want to talk about? I'd or? rather do... Let's do Broncos, Jaguars. Because Broncos, Jaguars, there wasn't much to talk about. Paxton Lynch started, and the Broncos offense didn't do much. Like This was an, this was an ugly game, a lot of defense, only the difference was the Broncos defense looked better than the Jaguars defense. Well, you know, Blake bortled it yet again. He, he bortled um, it up, man. He bortled the shit out of it. I think he bortled a, a, a pick six, of course. Of course he did. Um, Have you ever gone to any of the pages for this game? You click on the highlights, all you see is the pick six, and then they're like, yeah, the Broncos won. It, it, it's just mind-boggling to me just to look at his stats and see his completion percentage is like 50% most games. He throws so much. Dude, so much garbage time. Up. So the much garbage so time. Inflated. The stats so inflated because of the garbage time points. But he's just awful. He's not a good quarterback. Dude, it's 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 not even fun to watch them play. You know, this was another home clunker. And like I said, Paxton Lynch had to start. And they're also saying that uh, Trevor Simeon might not be ready for next week either. And Paxton oh. Lynch has not looked very impressive. He's not bad, but he's no, clearly, but... he is a rookie who, who looks green, you know. And who are they th- playing next week? Uh, let me tell you, b- 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 let me go there. I'm going to go to, do, 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 do. All right. Next week, the Denver Broncos will be playing, if my thing will load here. Uh, technology, technology, technology. Denver Broncos go on the road to play the Tennessee Titans. That might be enough. Yeah, I think that, I mean, the Titans, I think have a little bit more spunk in them than the Jaguars and can probably figure out a Absolutely. way to steal a win from Paxton Lynch, but they're going to do everything they can to put the put this game on the shoulders of the Broncos' defense. Like, it's going to be all Von Miller. It's going to be them trying to rip apart Marcus Mariota. Absolutely. I, that, I, that might actually be interesting. Uh, yeah, it doesn't, it doesn't look good. Now, uh, uh, last game is the Niners-Bears. Jordan Howard put on a show in the snow. Um, yes. Three touchdowns. I'm really surprised. I'm really surprised uh, that well that they benched Kaepernick. This is that he kind of took the fall for. Because I don't, I don't think it was just him. I think it was the snow, and I think that you know he listen. Nobody can get anything. It's hard to get the passing game going. Period. When when you've got weather like that. Yeah, it's cold. The football just does not travel as well. You can't even grip the goddamn football throw. He had five pass attempts. Yeah. And it them, was and it was disappointing, but I think that you nailed it, man. It's not just him. That whole team kind of that whole team has fallen apart. I mean, they're right up there with the Jets and the Browns 
for a yeah. team that's just given up on the season. Um, I think it's just funny that Chip Kelly's Chip Kelly's argument was that I didn't like the way that the football was coming out of his hand. He's like, he threw it five times by halftime. Chip Kelly, like, man. He threw it five, he five attempts through three quarters. I don't know how many times you got to see the football come out of his hand. Chip Kelly, man. And, you know, and it says a lot. They're going right back to him. It's not like he's being benched. He's starting next week. Yeah. He just, he's like, I wanted to provide a spark. I mean, God, like, you put Blaine Gabbert on the bench and brought in Kaepernick oh, because you wanted a spark, and that's what he gave you dude. through five or six games already. Dude, season. I know Chip Kelly's going to be here next year, but I hope the Niners fire him. Fuck him. <laughs> I'm done with it. You know, I don't even, he's not even here anymore, and I'm still hating on him. It's just still... That's hard thing to shake, man. Dude, it's when he when a when a coach comes in and dismantles your team, it stings. It's it does. It is hard to shake. Very well put, Shaka. <laughs> and unfortunately, uh, Matt Barkley looked pretty okay. He looked okay. Yeah, he and he looked, and I think I think we're we can all agree this is the end of Jay Cutler. Like he's not coming back to Chicago. Would you agree no, with that? They're, no, they're they're trying other options. Look, it's it, it was a it was a nice experiment, and it was. You know, it was optimistic at the time when he came in because they had such a good squad around him, but mm-hmm. it just not did not pan out. And we're looking at the the dregs of you know. I think that, uh, that team is that team's gone. That whole team's been pretty much yeah constructed. Yeah, it's a whole thing. And you know, I don't think they're going to bring back all Sean Jeffrey. I mean, he's been you know he's in a contract year. He's getting suspended for performance enhancing drug abuse. He's yeah. um you know, hasn't really performed at the level that I think they were expecting him to perform. When Brandon Marshall left, this was supposed to be his team. He hasn't really done that. I think he just finally, it, it came to light. It's not that he's underperformed. I think he just, he reached the ceiling and now everyone's seen it because, you know, again, he's, he's that guy. He He's a jump ball catcher. I mean, do you think his performance was inflated because he was playing opposite Brandon Marshall? I, I would absolutely have to be inclined to agree. You know, you got to put your number one guy on Marshall, so you know he's getting uh, he's getting the the next best you have, which usually isn't that great for most teams. And you put him in a one on one situation with most people, and he's going to eat them alive. Yeah. You know, now he's the number one guy, and you got to play against your best defender. Yeah, you know those magic tricks aren't that impressive. Dude, I say blow up the team, trade for Tony Romo. You got Tony Romo, you got Jordan Howard, and start to figure out how to fix that defense. And you know, maybe that's an interesting thought. You know what I'm talking about? Put Tony Romo on that Bears team with Kevin White, and maybe not all Sean Jeffrey, but some of these other guys that they've been playing are not terrible. I kind of like that. I'm not gonna lie. Cameron Meredith would benefit from a guy who can throw the ball deep for sure. You know what I'm saying? Um, Bellamy's looked okay. You're right. That's a good point. I hadn't considered Tony Romo in the Windy City. Yeah, I hadn't. Th- I hadn't do. thought about right. Uh, I hadn't thought about that until I said it right now. That's not a bad idea. Huh, I might have to. I might have to steal that one from you, buddy. That's a. That's okay. That's a noble idea. I don't um, mind, man. This is fair. Well, this is fair game, baby. We'll have to revisit this in the off season when uh, things start to kind of to click a little bit more. All right. You know what time it is? It's it's pick 'em. We got to pick week fourteen. We're going into it. We've gone through the slate of games. Thursday night football, Shaka. Oakland Raiders on the road. Kansas City Chiefs. Who you got? Uh, this is gonna be. Are we? Did we already pick my game of the week to start? Is this a Dude, this might be Shaka's game of the week on Thursday night. Oh man, um, I can't wait. Um, I like Kansas City at home. 
Okay. Um, I'm, I'm picking yeah, Kansas City at home as well, dude. I, I For everything we just said, like, this could be a playoff matchup. Defense wins championships. And Kansas City has a good defense. Oakland has a good offense. Like, implications. Like, that's going to be the show is, is when Derek Carr is on the field with Marcus Peters and Eric Berry. We're, we're looking at two teams who are playing basically right now at they're, they're, they're both polished. They're playing at their, their highest caliber. Um, and Kansas City's been they've been pulling it out, man. They've, they've come through on some big plays. Um, again, special teams and defense, you know, second and none right now in the NFL as far as I'm concerned. Mm-hmm. And this and, is this is a major test for the Raiders. And it's like we're gonna see how how much. Khalil Mack can influence the game. Not just Derek Carr, but just Khalil Mack. Can he can he hold the floodgates closed, mm-hmm. you know, just long enough for Carr to figure out? Because he didn't figure it out in the first game. They lost twenty six ten. No, they didn't. To Kansas City. I think Kansas City had a great game plan in that game. And I think you know they're going to do the same thing, and they're going to try and eat up Amari Cooper mm-hmm. and just dare and slow the game Carr. down. They're going to try to hold yeah. that ball and run the ball as much as they can. They're just going to dare Carr and Crabtree, you know. You gotta beat us. If, look, if, if Oakland's gonna have a chance, they have to do what they did to Denver. They have to run the fucking football mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and have Latavius Murray, you know, show up and kind of prove to us that he's not a so-so running back. Mm-hmm. He's a legit NFL, you know, every down back. Otherwise, than that, I'd, it's it's hard for me to see that happening against this Chiefs D. So I'm going Kansas City. No, I'm with you, man. I'm to- you took all the words right out of my mouth. I I really want to see how this shakes out, but right now I gotta put my money on the home team because. They showed him yeah. up the, the first meeting. Kansas City smacked him in the mouth, and I haven't seen anything that's going to make me think otherwise. The only team to smack him in the mouth really, like, really beat him down this year. Yeah, and the Fal- the Raiders losing to the Falcons, I don't buy any of that. Uh, <laughs> yeah, next that was- up, Pittsburgh Steelers go on the road against the Buffalo Bills. Shaka, who you got? Also a good game. We just talked about this, too. You know, you can't count that Bills team out. They, they, play, good, they play good defense. Like this, this awesome. is how the Steelers could slip up and lo- and not make the playoffs. Yeah. Is losing a game like and, this. And more than once this season, people have some teams have screwed around with the Bills and then put them away and just let them beat them. You know, the Patriots did it. Arizona Cardinals did it. Arizona Cardinals Arizona. let the Bills beat the shit out of them. It almost it, it almost happened just now for the Raiders. Uh, you know, so I, I think I think there's some caution going in for Pittsburgh. But still, I, Pittsburgh is just. So much more polished on offense. I'm with I you, dude. I like I like the Bills' offense, but it's just it feels more. It's almost like watching the NBA. It's like watching a, a really good guard in ISO, you mm-hmm. know, one on one, and just having that guy change the game. It's not a team game; it's a one on one. And you know, Pittsburgh plays a much better team game, so I got to go with the team game scenario. And plus, Ladarius Green. Let's see if he can duplicate. No, I'm, and, you know. dude, I'm going with you as well. I'm picking the Steelers. I think their offense is just clicking too well. Um, I like the Bills' defense, but I think that they're not going to be enough to contain Roethlisberger. This is going to be a, a clash, an absolute clash of giants right now, but mm-hmm. i got to give the benefit of the doubt to the Steelers. It just Buffalo has not shown me enough that they're going to be able to kind of steal this one. Yeah, and Pittsburgh's playing, like, the, you know, they've got, they've got something to lose here. Yeah, they got, yeah, they, they, because they absolutely do have something to lose right now. Uh, next up, Denver Broncos go on the road against the Tennessee Titans. Shaka, who you got? Uh, I, I just can't imagine this not ending with Von Miller 
Chase and Mar- Marcus Mariota up a goddamn tree uh, <laughs> on defense. Um, this is basically just all I can imagine is just a scenario. Uh, I just pictured fucking Mariota like turning left, turning right, turning left, turning right, and getting sacked for like minus seventeen yards. Um, and this it's gonna be the challenge to take because that that uh that Tennessee um their offensive run game is great, but it's not gonna mean much against a front seven that's just so vicious, mm-hmm. so savage. Mm-hmm. Um, they're gonna give him fits. The Mariota's gonna have to throw the football. He's gonna throw at least a pick or two. And maybe fumbled, which he has. He's done a pretty good job of peppering this year. Yeah, but I'm going Denver all the way on this one, even I'm, with Paxton Lynch at QB. I'm going Denver as well. That that defense is. It's hard to argue with it. You know, I I like Tennessee. I think they're very exciting. This is a game they need to win if they actually want to try to win their division. But uh-huh. I mean, these are the Super Bowl champion Denver Broncos, and you said it. Even with Paxton Lynch, that defense. They're really going to stick it to Marcus Mariota and the offense of Tennessee. And Tennessee has not shown that home field does anything for them. Denver all the way. <laughs> Who's next? Uh, Washington Redskins go into Philadelphia and play my Philadelphia Eagles, who are currently on a three-game losing streak. Shaka, who you got? Man, this is a tough one. Um, I, I, I still believe in that Jim Schwartz defense. I still think they're legit. I think they're hurting now in offense, though, however, to the point where it's obviously going to be the Eagles' number one draft. You know, they're going to have to dress in draft is They need a wide receiver because mm-hmm. Carson Wentz needs people to throw to. Yes. Um, that being said, I, Washington, if their defense comes through, I'd say Washington takes this one. They're playing, wait, Philly's playing at home? In Philadelphia. Yeah, this is going to be a tough one. And and the Eagles have played very well at home, to their credit. Yeah, exactly. I I I I think Washington. Uh, they need this one. I think they're 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 a little bit more heavy on firepower right now, you know, than uh than the Eagles. So unless Kirk Cousins goes in there and actually shifts the bat and throws two picks and just turns the ball over, I say Washington wins this one. Okay. Um, I, I okay. I'm going to pick the Eagles because of my pure blind optimism. Uh, I love my Eagles. I still have faith in them. I think they can pull out a win like this. But the Bizarro Sam, the unbiased Sam, the tr- <laughs> trying to not be blinded by my love of the Eagles, Sam is saying this is a perfect win for the Redskins. They definitely, after losing that game to the Cardinals, they need a win like this. And if they want to get yeah. in the playoffs, they need a win like this. And the Eagles are just vulnerable enough right now that they are kind of, this is the perfect time for the Redskins to chew them up and spit them out. So, yeah, it's not going to get any better than this. I mean, no. I, I think I think the Eagles right now, their run game is a little iffy. Oh, God, it's bad. Thing. I mean, just, if you're going to topple the sales, man, if you can't beat them now. Like, I think Deshaun yeah. Jackson is, this is this is a Deshaun Jackson day. He's going to get in the end zone, and he's going to do a dance. Some and, big, yeah. And by the way, just saying right now, there is some rumors out there that the Eagles might try to sign Deshaun Jackson in the offseason. Just putting that out he's there. A free, he's a free agent after all. He, he'll be a free agent, and you know what? He's been in Washington for a while. Dude, he'll be a free agent, and, you know, maybe a little reunion in Philadelphia. You were saying something about how they needed a wide receiver, right? I don't see why not. Deshaun Jackson still got the talent. He still beats guys deep, you know, just... Uh, he just needs the right situation. It'd be really nice to have him back in Philadelphia. Um, but I am blindly picking the Eagles. I will go down in flames with my team. Uh, As you should. 
Arizona Cardinals go on the road against the Miami Dolphins. Shaka, who you got? Um, this is an interesting one. Um, I'm actually going to go Arizona on this one just because if Arizona's going to lean this way in terms of making this David Johnson show and just making him the feature back, mm-hmm. uh, I, I have a hard time seeing that Miami Dolphins defense being able to kind of put a lid on him. He's, mm-hmm. he's a friggin' savage. I expect him to score at least twice on him. Mm-hmm. Um, and then also you factor in Ryan Fitzgerald and the underperforming fucking talent of Malcolm Floyd, <laughs> J.J. Nelson, John Brown. They've got so many guys out there that and, should be doing better than they are. And the ageless Larry Fitzgerald. Somebody's got to come through and help these guys out. Um, and my Miami Dolphins defense is okay. But it's not amazing. I say Arizona should come in and pull this one out. You know, I think you make an extremely compelling point, Shaka. And I think that Arizona, after what they did against the Redskins, this is a perfect opportunity for them to come in and really sort of show up the Dolphins. But I'm going to go against you. I'm going to pick the Dolphins. Okay. I'm going to pick the Dolphins. I think that the Dolphins are... I think that this game against the Ravens was a little bit of an anomaly. I think Adam Gase has really done some great things with Miami. And... We shouldn't just turn our nose up at this winning streak. I think that Miami, they're going to find a way to cause trouble for the Cardinals. I think da- I think David Johnson's still going to get his, but I think Miami, you know, I've seen Arizona slip up too many times this season. I think Miami's going to figure out a way to pull the carpet out from under them. I'm going to give the benefit of the doubt to the Dolphins. That's fair. I think I, they can I, run I, on them. I, I don't think they can pass on them, but I think defense and time of possession – Miami's going to pull this game out. Okay. I, I, you know, um, Crescent Palmer's played like shit this year. Yeah. But I think they've, they've kind of resorted to making it the David Johnson show just because it's kind of a sure thing. These safety, you know. That's the only way they're going to win the game. If they want to win this game, they've got to give David Johnson the rock almost every play. Just dink and dunk and then just let him break it for a home run, which he's good for. He's legitimately good for him. So... That one's going to be a, an interesting one to watch. Yeah, that one's bet. that one's and it's tricky. I'm looking at. I mean, as we're talking about it, that's hard to figure out. I I don't know who yeah. to, that is. Hard to determine who's going to win that game. Um, next up, San Diego Chargers go on the road against the Carolina Panthers. Shaka, who you got? Man, this one should be an easy pick. I should be just saying San Diego because you know. Uh, They've got more tools. Uh, the Panthers are a terrible team, terrible defense. Mm-hmm. But uh, Cam Newton, man, he's I, I, also San Diego's defense. Joey Bosa is great, but they uh, they, ha- they have they, 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 they they've been beaten. They've been yeah, that's right. Things. You know they were hot for about three weeks, and now uh, yeah, I'm, I'm hesitant. I'm hesitant to uh, to co-sign right off the bat, but. I, I'm still going to go San Diego just because there's just so much firepower. Don Charles Inman can, you know, show up and be big anytime. Tyler mm-hmm. Williams can be big anytime. Hunter Henry, just the list goes on. Melvin Gordon is always great, and I think Melvin Gordon's going to have a, a monster game mm. against mm. Carolina. So I, I have to go. I have to go with just the. The, the better team, clearly better team than this. You know, I was ready to pick the Panthers because I think that they are still pretty tenacious at home. I think that yeah. when they when they face the right team, they can certainly, you know, they can get, they can, they can make it a game. Dude, but you nailed it, man. Chargers, that aerial attack is so dangerous and the Panthers have so many injuries. You know, they, they're still out Luke Keekley. Their secondary is really bad. I don't have much faith in their ability to run the ball. 
And like Joey Bosa in that front seven, I mean, this is a great matchup for the Chargers. And I think this is this it is gonna this is gonna flow the Chargers way. So you know what? You convinced me. I'm picking the Chargers as well. Oh wow. Um, do you straight convince me, man? It's uh, <laughs> Chargers are a better team. I mean, there, there's really no other way to, to 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 beat around the bush on that one. Um, next up, Cincinnati Bengals go on the road against the Cleveland Browns. Shaka, who you got? Um, I was actually on the waiver looking for the Cincinnati Bengals defense. <laughs> Could not find them. <laughs> So I think someone had my uh, my thought in mind and probably scooped them up a little early. So I guess you can figure out my pick from there. Um, Cleveland Browns were in a bye last week, and so uh, they had a chance to rest up and really kind of reflect on their lives and the future in football. Because um, probably a few of them won't be around next year. But oh, God. I'm going to go. I'm going to go Cincinnati Bengals with this one. I'm going to go Cincinnati as well. This is I. This okay. This is a game that the Browns could win. I mean, I only hope to God this is like, we're going to be talking about, um, you know, sports movies being made about that one one game where the Browns are like, we can't go winless this year. Yeah. And they beat the Bengals. This is it. This is, this is, this is it. This is their moment. This but is their moment. On that note, I'm still picking the Bengals. Amen. <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, next up, Chicago Bears go on the road against the Detroit Lions. Shaka, who you got? Um, absolutely no damn faith in Chicago Bears. I love Jordan Howard, but Jordan Howard ain't enough. Unless it snows, unless it snows. No, no, this Detroit is in too. this is in Detroit, so it's in a dome. Yeah, so they're, they're totally screwed. <laughs> yeah, I'm in, I'm, I'm agreeing going, with you as well, dude. The the I'm going Lions all the way. The Golden Bears gonna have. Dude, sorry, go ahead. No, I was saying the Bears are an absolute dumpster fire, man. I'm picking the Lions too. Matt Barkley's not a good quarterback. I mean, he had a pretty decent week in the snow, but that's not saying much. You, you think Golden Tate's going to have a field day? I think he's going to have a damn field day out there. All right. All right. I like that. I'll, I'll watch that game. Um, oh, God. AFC South. Ugh. Houston Texans playing the Indianapolis Colts. Shaka, who you got? I feel like I... Um... I feel like I said Texans last time. I think I'm going to go Colts this time. Andrew Lux... Andrew Luck's got nothing to lose, man. Yeah. I think, I think he's going to throw early and often. Frank Gore probably not going to be much of a factor in this game. But I don't think he needs to be. No, I, I agree. I think I think you know the mission already. Go out there and strike deep. Score early, score often, and just watch the um, Houston offense implode on itself. Yeah. Probably will. That's, that's a I'm, really good way of putting it. I love to watch Lamar Miller come out here and carve up this this um, bad defense, but I really don't have much faith that that's actually going to happen. They, obviously, he's been proper, improperly utilized in this uh, in this offense, and I, I I would not be surprised if um, Indianapolis came in and just and just put a, a, a sound, not a thrashing, but you know they they win by ten. Yeah. No, I, I hear you there. I think this is this is like a playoff game. These two teams, they're they're fighting for to win this division. Andrew Luck and the Colts at home. I mean, you said it, man. Just put up some points early and often, and let the Texans shoot themselves in the foot. I'm going Colts all the way. Amen. Uh, Minnesota Vikings go on the road against the Jacksonville Jaguars. Shaka, who you got? Ah, uh, this is gonna be this is ugly. This is an ugly one. Um, I think. 
for some reason, I just imagine Blake Bortles getting benched in the fourth quarter. Ooh, wow. Just because uh, the Vikings defense, you know, for, for all the other problems the Minnesota Vikings have, the defense is still not one of those. Yes. And I think um, with the, the, the struggles that the Jacksonville offense has had, Allen Robinson's been awful. Um, just compound that with them having to face this defense. This is just like putting a pillow over their face. Yeah, this Shoot is bad. Them. This is not good. I'm going to say Vikings, with all their problems, still win this one uh, over Jacksonville because everybody should beat Jacksonville. No, I agree. I think I'm picking Vikings all the way. I see a few special teams touchdowns for the Vikings. It's entirely possible. Like, I could, I could see, like, a kickoff Quarter return round. touchdown. Quarter maybe round. a quarterback Patterson. Yeah, that's exactly what I'm thinking. And maybe, like, a pick six. That's enough. Just enough. Oh, of course, the Bortle, the classic Bortle six. Yeah. That's just enough to put the game away. The Bortle Six. Oh, I got you. <laughs> uh, next up, your New York Jets fly across the country to play the 1-11 and San Francisco 49ers. Shaka, yes. who you got? You know what, man? When you play the New York Jets, anything is possible these days. I'm, you know, <laughs> you're many, saying Kaepernick could pull out a win? Is that what you're saying? Many a team has come in thinking, man, this Jets defense is good, and walk away going, man, I really kicked the shit out of these guys. <laughs> um, I just really, uh, Colin Kaepernick, I, I'm saying this because he's one of the few quarterbacks who can put up 100 yards on, on foot. No one's really able to do that legitimately since Michael Vick's been in the league. Yeah, no, I agree. Um, and I, you know, for, for what it's worth, I had said before, Darrell Revis has been burned. And, um... It can entirely happen again where they are going to throw it deep at least once. Kaepernick's got the ability. He's got the, you know, pocket collapses. He can go out and throw deep and, you know, catch the Jets flat-footed, which everyone's done at least, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. once per game this year. So um, I, I would not be surprised if the 49ers took one, you know, they, they, they put a bullet in the Jets Wow. Uh, this weekend. I know. I'm amazed. You're going with the 49ers? Anything's possible. I'm going 49ers. Wow. Um, but also remember, um, Bryce Petty is starting a quarterback. So Yeah. And he, he, seems, he seems to not really be clicking. He's clicking more with Robbie Anderson than he is with Brandon Marshall, which doesn't make any goddamn sense to me. You know, so I, Unless Robbie Anderson's got like a 100-yard game in, in store. I mean, I, I kind of... I kind of wanted to pick the Jets. I'm thinking maybe Matt Forte will run all over the place. Maybe they'll really rely on their run game, but... Again, you know, you convinced me, man. You really said it because the Niners, Colin Kaepernick, he's thirsty for a win. This team is thirsty for a win. And you said it, man. He can, Colin Kaepernick can put up 100 yards rushing. Um, you know, they're an offense that I think has just been looking for the right opponent to steal a win. And, yeah. you know, with Bryce Petty starting, you said it. That's an offense that might not be able to put as many points on this terrible Niners defense like everybody else could. Wow, man. I'm looking at it this way. I think if you're the coach of the 49ers, if, if you're Chip Kelly, you got one fucking job. Buff the run. That's all you have to do. Yeah. Let the rest take care of itself. Yeah. Don't let Matt Forte go crazy. You know, um, you, you convinced me. I'm picking the Niners. So, I mean, I think Matt Forte will get his due, but I don't see it translating to, like, moving the ball steadily downfield. I mean, if it does, I'll be surprised. And yeah. Bravo, but I... Realistically, Kaepernick's got the advantage. Um, no, you. Carlos Hyde is a great running back. Yeah, um, and and who's even, even better. better with Kaepernick under center? He's even better with Kaepernick under center. So they've got they've 
I think they've got an edge. Wow, you just convinced me to pick against your team, Shaka. You are a you are a persuasive persuasive debater. I'm a charming individual. <laughs> Next up, New Orleans Saints go on the road against the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Shaka, who you got? Man, okay. Um, Tampa's been really good. I still I still love Drew Brees, but um, I. I this one's going to be a close one. It's probably going to be one of my closer picks this week. I'm going to go Tampa Bay at home. Yeah, I'm picking like Tampa Bay as well. I like it. I don't think they're stellar, but I think they play hard. I think they do just enough. Um, and I think Drew Brees, this is going to be one. This one's coming down to turnovers. Um, yeah. Whichever quarterback can kind of control the turnover situation is going to be the winner in this one. I think you know, the Saints. The same thing got no defense. They got no defense no. whatsoever no. to speak of. And this so, is this is a prime opportunity. If the Buccaneers want to really be considered contenders, they got to win this game, divisional game against an aerial attack like the Saints and Drew Brees. But you're right, man. Turnovers, man. I see interceptions. I definitely see Drew Brees throwing a few picks. Yeah. I mean, I think this is going to be an emotional win for the Buccaneers. Yeah, this is this is. You know, this is one of those matches you can't fart around. You got to bring on the W with this one. Yeah, and listen, Buccaneers are hot right now. It's this is a yeah, great test, and you know what? I I see them pulling it out. This is going to be a really good game. I mean, you got any fantasy players on any of those teams? I mean, just oh, dude, just, have just a field back. day with the Saints. When the Saints are involved, play your guys. Yeah. Uh, Atlanta Falcons go on the road against the Los Angeles Rams. Shaka, who you got? Um, I uh, Jerry Goff is not ready yet. He's not NFL ready. No, he's not. He's and not. He's gonna have to stand on the sidelines and watch Matt Ryan, who came in rookie year, NFL ready, and just yeah. see how it's done. Yeah. Um, even with Ty Gurley probably getting, he's probably gonna get some some good chances to break out some big runs against mm-hmm. the Falcons defense. Mm-hmm. It's a little bit tender. Um, the firepower the Falcons have. Just who's going to stop Julio Jones? Uh, I don't. I, I, you know, I don't see anybody on the Rams stopping. I mean, the Rams quote unquote have a good defense, but I mean, I'm not yeah. sold on any of it. Kevin Coleman's back. Hell, there's just too many variable weapons. They got still got Taylor Gabriel. They have so many offense, offensive uh, tools. I, uh, Atlanta ha- has no business losing this game, so I yeah. got to go Atlanta. I'm picking the Falcons as well. Again, no business losing this game. Even if they struggle on offense, they should still find a way to put up more points than the Rams. Yeah. Um, next up, Seattle Seahawks go on the road against the Green Bay Packers. Shaka, who this you got? Be, that's that, an interesting one. That, uh, that might be Shaka's game of the week. That or the, or the Raiders-Chiefs game. I, I really have not been in love with how inconsistent. Uh, God, I'm having a complete brain fart here. Green Bay or, um, or uh, Russell Wilson? Russell Wilson's not been playing mm-hmm, mm-hmm. amazingly consistent. Um, I, I expected the kind of turnaround he had last year, around the second half of the season, mm-hmm. where he just clicked in with all our receivers. He's playing okay. He's playing well enough, and the defense has obviously kind of kept the the, the wheels on the road. Um, but they're going into Lambeau, um, even with Thomas Rawls. They're still going to go in. They're still going to have to put points up. And, and now it's and December. Lambeau. You know it's going to be cold there. Yeah, and you kind of got to hope. Aaron Rodgers has been great all year. Um, you got to stop him. Earl Thomas is out. They're obviously, they're going to be they're going to be honed in on the weaknesses because you don't want to throw to Richard Sherman's side mm-hmm. all the time. Mm-hmm. So they're going to be they're going to be 
trying to pick their spots. They're going to come in with a good offensive plan to go at the Seahawks defense. Um, and this is what's going to come down to who can throw the football more because uh, I think there's going to be uh, the Seahawks are going to they're going to take a dent. Uh, I think I'm going to go Packers at home. Are you serious? I can't believe it. I think I'm going to go Packers at home. I mean, they they do need this win. This is a this is a huge, much needed win for the Packers. I, again, I, I I'm gonna kind of chart this on so so play from Russell Wilson. Uh, he's gonna have to come out here and throw the football. He's gonna have to get Doug Baldwin. He's gonna have to have a monster game. Mm-hmm. He's gonna have to get an, uh, a monster game from Jimmy Graham too. Okay. Um, I, I I'm going by. A, Six points. I'm going to go Green Bay at home by six. All right, dude. I'm picking the Seahawks, man. I think they're going to run all over the place. I think Rawls is going to – it's going to be shitty weather, and I think they're going to run the ball a lot. I think Russell Wilson's going to run the ball a fair amount, and I don't have any faith in the Packers' defense to slow down any of that. (laughs) And I think that run game is going to open up the pass game, and even if it's fucking snowing, I still think Russell Wilson's going to find a way to get the ball to uh, to Doug Baldwin on a busted coverage. And – Dude, Aaron Rodgers throwing the ball, I mean, that is exactly what the Seahawks want. He's going to find spaces. He's going to find opportunities, but there's going to be a a handful of drop passes. There's going to be a handful of batted balls. There's going to be good coverage, and then sooner or later, he's really going to stretch, and he's going to throw a pick. I'm picking the Seahawks. Okay. I'm I'm, I'm looking forward to seeing – I don't know. I think this one's going to be – I think I think Aaron Rodgers is going to do some damage to the Seahawks defense. Okay, that's that's I I I totally that's a good argument. It's a good you know there there's completely a plenty of evidence to show for that. And listen, they're in Lambeau and they need this win. And you know never underestimate the heart of a champion. And this Packers team is ready. They want it. They want it bad. And if they want it bad enough, they're going to have to beat this Seattle team. And as we saw. Seattle is definitely mortal. Tampa Bay took it to them. I mean, all Green Bay has to do is play a similar game plan as Tampa Bay, and they could probably pull out a victory. I mean, the defense, yeah, it's well, obviously the the Green Bay defense is it's it's a not a little bit on the flaky, it's on the flaky side. It's not the not the same side. defense that Tampa Bay has, but I mean, no, listen, they could not. they make a couple of big plays that could turn the whole game. Sunday night football, Dallas Cowboys go on the road against the New York Giants. Shaka, who you got? Oh boy! And you know, you know, I have my uh, my buddies who are Cowboys fans and Giants fans already jawing at each other. Oh, of course, of course. Um, the Giants, uh, look, Dak Prescott's made very, very, very few mistakes in his time as a quarterback. Eli Manning this year has been. It's been a veritable roller coaster. Um, I, I I don't see Dallas coming in here and not getting a W from the Giants. Okay. Um, defense is not quite as good as the Giants, but I, I think they're going to find a way. Ezekiel Ellis is going to find a way to get get some um, some big yardy broken off. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't think Janoris Jenkins can handle Des Bryant when when they really call his number and they want him to get the football. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I think Eli's probably going to show up because Cowboys and Giants games are always competitive. Oh, yeah. Eli, oh, always yeah. Plays, Eli always plays pretty well. Oh, yeah. But this is a really, really fucking good Cowboys team this year. This is probably yes. better than any of the, the, the great teams that Tony Romo's played with with the Cowboys. Mm-hmm. So I'm going to give the Cowboys a, a slight edge, even at home against the Giants. Okay. 
I'm I'm in complete agreement. I think listen, this is the Cowboys are 11 and 1. They lost opening day to this Giants team in Dallas by 1 point. Yeah. But Dak Prescott I think was a very different quarterback in week 1 than he is right now. Uh, I'm seeing this is going to be all Cowboys. I think that they're going to exploit all the weaknesses of the Giants. Everything the Giants do wrong, the Cowboys are going to take advantage of it. And, I mean, I think this is going to be a much more convincing win for the Cowboys. Um, Dallas all the way. Yeah, it's 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 a really interesting to, just to kind of think about. Uh, I'm trying to remember. I don't even know if Des Bryant, did Des Bryant play in the first game? He did. He, he did. did. Oh, he did play in the first game. You know, he had one catch for eight that, yards. That's right. That was where it was sort of like, is Prescott, does he have any chemistry with Bryant? I don't know. He was throwing to yeah. the, you know, it's that old like, oh, he's the backup quarterback, so he's throwing to all the backup wide receivers because they practice all the time. Man, Prescott threw 45 times in his first game. 25 yeah. to 45. Which is that's not how, you know that's not how he plays now. No, it's not even remotely. He barely gets over 30 passes a game, even. Yeah. The, the offense is completely different, you know. Yeah, this so, is, I think it's going to be a, a more convincing win. Like, I think they'll blow them out. Yeah, this is going to be, um, we'll see. This is going to be interesting. Monday Night Football. Baltimore Ravens go on the road against the New England Patriots. Shaka, who you got? This is not, uh... This is not even good. Well, I shouldn't say that. I mean, Joe Ravens Flacco, got a good defense. Joe Flacco can put some uh, put some points up on this Patriots defense. Patriots have a it's bad defense. Up. It's still you. You still got to go into Foxborough. That's that's what I'm saying. You still got to go up against the 200 win 201 win men. Yeah. <laughs> uh, most most winning quarterback of all time. Uh, and you gotta hope. You don't throw a pick, at least, because the, the, the Patriots will make you pay for it. Oh, yeah. Um, I still got to go Patriots at home. I don't see them losing to the Ravens. The Ravens are okay. They're not amazing, but, I mean. I mean, the Ravens are certainly okay. They got one of the best defenses in football, but their offense is just so damn bad right now. And, dude, you know Joe Flacco is going to get trigger happy. He's going to throw a pick here or there. <laughs> They got no choice but to throw the football. I mean, you said it. Dude, they're going into Foxborough. I'm picking the Patriots. I know, like, the Ravens, the only thing I can see them winning this game is because they need it so bad, but games like these are the reasons why I think the Steelers are going to win the division over the Ravens. It's a tough, it's a tall order, man. You got to come in, you got to beat. You gotta beat the Patriots on their home turf when they're really fucking good. Dude, you, Uh, and and it's going to be cold. You you know it's going to be cold. Good luck. Yeah, good luck is exactly right. I'm Patriots all the way. Dude, we ran through it, man. It's officially, that is another show in the books. I think we went through a lot of stuff. I think we ripped apart some important some important topics uh, moving forward as we get into the playoff picture. Would you agree, Shaka? I think so. All right. Um, okay, listen, it's time to sign off. Everyone, thanks for listening. As always, you can subscribe to Sam Sports Podcast on iTunes, Stitcher, and SoundCloud. Like my Facebook page. Sam Sports Station. Follow me on Twitter at Smithface Jones. Follow me on Instagram at Sam Sports Station. Also, go onto Facebook and find Shaka Shervington and send him a friend request and say, "Hey, I listen to the show. I love you. I want to be your friend." That would be that would mean the world to me. Yes, it would absolutely mean the world to us. And of course, send us any fantasy football questions or football questions in general at samsportsstation at gmail.com, S-M-A-S-S-P-O-R-T-S-S-T-A-T-I-O-N at gmail.com. We want to hear from you. And, of course, 
Thank you, as always, for listening and get your football in this weekend because it's going to be a great football season. Shaka, anything else to say before we sign off? I'm really excited about a few of these matchups. Um, um, I can't fucking wait. I love football, man. I'm glad you guys listened to the show and can't wait to have you check in with us next week. Definitely, man. I'm excited for this week of football. Football is really getting very, very important right now. Every game matters. Every matchup matters. This is when the gloves come off and we separate the men from the boys. Oh, yeah. Can't wait. All right. Uh, that's Sam and Shaka. We's out of here for this week. Signing off. We will see you next week. Bye-bye. Bye, guys.